0: Hello, everyone. It is December 29th, 2018. My name is Raphael Bennett, and I'm here with the wonderful Olivier Bouchard. Hello. And we are going to do our uh, annual tradition of talking through the very best games of a given year. Yeah. So to anyone who's listened to our stuff before, you know that we are huge fans of Giant Bomb and the canon and uh, coming to uh, really taking our time to criticize and appreciate games through, um, I guess, just... Arguing about, arguing about them. Arguing about them, yeah. Trying to find that passion.
1: Yeah. Being angry is what will bring the passion, I guess.
0: Yeah. And we, so Olivia and I talk about games all year round, but we don't, we kind of start to hide things from each other around this time of year so that we um, we have some uh, some fodder for these, these debates. Uh, but yeah, we're going to start by going through a list of most of the games that we played this year and just sort of talking through them and then narrowing it down to a shorter list and then an even shorter list of the best games of the year. I guess yeah get excited one one other quick note is that we're uh uh, we're definitely going to be spoiling
1: yeah we're gonna spoil everything we don't want i i kind of hate having to warn so we just warn at the top and we'll just talk freely about all the game even those we one of us haven't finished we're gonna spoil the other game for the other person whatever is needed
0: you know if if you can spoil something and it's no longer good by the time you're done being spoiled Eh, it probably wasn't that good to begin with. Yeah, it's probably
1: bad from the <laughs> Another thing I wanted to say about early access game, uh, which is uh, a little complicated. I guess depending on the website, they do it differently. For us, it's more like how we feel about them. There's three games I want to just like surface right now. Uh, one uh, is uh, Life is Strange 2. And I think Life is Strange 2 is probably a game uh, that would do the top easily if everything is as good as the first episode but it doesn't feel like complete right now so like i don't think we're gonna take it for we're gonna talk about it for the top is my point
0: and i mean definitely i don't know how many people there are who have listened to all of our years of conversations but we've definitely waffled back and forth on whether or not um we feel like a half complete thing can be considered for game of the year but it really is a uh, you know it when you see it
1: yeah uh, on the other hand like Slade aspire is still in early access and is coming in january and this is the game for Slay aspire it's not going to be next year because it's going to come in january and probably they're going to still work on it whatever but like it's the game where it it's the year where it made its impact so really i'm going to talk about it this year and uh, another game i want to talk about is everything is going to be okay which was out last year Uh, it's a very we're gonna talk more about it, but it's a very small game. You can find on itch.io, and because itch.io doesn't have internet access, maybe it has, uh, but like it was released on last year, but completed this year. And because me and Raph like just played it this year, and it was a this year game for us. So like for it's us, it's a this year game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Agreed. Was my point. So like it's more how uh, we feel it than the official release date because like fuck that noise. I guess. Yeah. Okay. And everything is going to be okay is uh, worth, worth commending. Yeah. Worth talking about. Uh, Another thing I'm just going to say real quick. uh, This podcast might be on my personal website, I guess. So it's probably obvious uh, that I made a game this year that is called a game about, I, maybe you have it on your top because you're a nice person, but like, I don't think it would be fair to argue about it. Uh, i
0: specifically didn't put it on my top for this year because i thought it would be a very strange yeah okay a, a strange thing to put on but i mean maybe the best game maybe the best game of the year if
1: okay <laughs> well thank you Can, well i'm just gonna well
0: do. how about we take little plug breaks every eight and a half minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> just to plug a game about
1: yeah a uh, little marketing it's free on itch.io but like maybe put a lot of money if you want and uh, it's also free on Steam and uh, it's at 92% positive reviews, so you should maybe play it but like you know that means quality yeah you know that means quality like positive reviews it got better reviews than the last (laughs) few Call of Duty so you know Yeah, that being said, it would be fucking weird if we would argue uh, where it would land on the top because uh, I'd probably argue number one. So we're just not going to talk about it and act like the most important game of the year didn't come this year.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, So we have an alphabetical list of, I think, 50 video games. Yeah, something like that. uh, Which are the main ones that we played. um, the, The ones that seemed... We played enough of to talk about this year between yeah. us.
1: there, there's a few we th- uh, we played enough and we cut just because we didn't think it was important to talk about them. I guess.
0: Yeah. So, um, and I think we said this last year, but if uh, if your favorite game isn't there, it's because we probably decided it wasn't worth talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah. There, there's two exception. I just want to name out right now two games that I feel I should have played that I didn't. The first one's BattleTech because everybody seems to be loving that game, and I didn't play that because it seems too hardcore for me. I'm someone who likes my easy, story-based games. Yeah, there are
0: definitely a lot of games that I wish we had play, or that yeah. I wish I'd gotten to, that are not here just because we didn't touch. Yeah, and the
1: other one is Jalop, Jalopy, Jalopy. I don't know. That... Jalopy
0: seemed great.
1: Yeah, that looks super cool. Didn't have the time to play it. I only have a few days left, and. It doesn't look like a game you could only like put an hour in and get a good idea so i just thought i wouldn't try it right now i'm gonna try it next year it seems cool just go buy it on steam or something it's probably worth probably worth it
0: yeah uh okay so let's dive right into it that the no the first game we have here uh is 1111 memories retold uh which is a game from the the minds behind valiant hearts of great war it stars Elijah Wood, surprisingly, which I yeah. had no idea when I, when I started playing. And
1: it's also the Artman Animation Studio, which made um, Chicken Run and the Wallace and Gromit. Oh, I didn't stuff. realize that. That's I, why that
0: thing looks so yeah. darn good. Uh, so the whole thing looks like an Impressionist painting, and it deals with the Great War, and you're flipping between two characters' perspectives. Uh, one Canadian, who is Elijah Wood, and one German soldier. And... Um, it didn't impact me quite the same way that uh Valiant Hearts did. And, and in fact, it it kind of suffers from one of the it suffers from being a game that maybe is a story a story first. So like I was really interested in the narrative, but then there's a lot of just walking from point A to point B, uh collecting things and reading notes. But it's it's a lovely little thing. It just wasn't for me one of the best games of the year.
1: I haven't played it, so I can't say much about it.
0: Uh yeah, okay. So why don't you tell me about Artifact?
1: Artifact is uh a game that got booed when it was announced. It's the lastest game from Steam, the newest game from Steam. Uh, it's a card game designed in part by Richard Garfield, which is also the designer of Magic the Gathering, and Netrunner, you have maybe heard of those. It's it's inspired by Dota, Dota 2. And uh, yeah, it's a card game that plays a lot, like if you would play three games of Magic at the same time with the same mana pool, because you're basically playing a game that is very similar to Magic, but on three different boards, which are supposed to represent the three lines in a mobile game, like Dota. And it's a very complex, very hardcore, I don't know, CCG? or it's supposed to be a TCG. I don't know what's the difference, whatever. I, I normally like those, and I really like Artifact and Concept. Uh, that being said, it's like super complicated in a way that's super fun, because when I win, I feel like I bluff my enemy, and I feel like I won because I was smarter. That being said, I'm probably not the smartest, because I won maybe a third of all my game I played. How, how, many, how many? How many minutes or hours did it take you to learn
0: how to play this game?
1: Like, a good hour okay. before I felt comfortable. It's also the thing where I don't know... Like, I don't know what the other cards are. I don't know what cards the opponent might have. So, like, the opponent man is, like, playing combos. And, like, I just... I have no idea what's happening right now. And, like, you have a... You can check which card they're, they're playing, obviously. And there's a... It saved them so you can look at the timeline of what's at, what happened in the game. But, like, it was too overwhelming to look at and my whole tactics well my whole tactic in that game and how i won most of my game and lost a few of them is because i would like bait the enemy in going through a whole line to destroy one of my three lane and then like just put all my armies in the two others and basically to win you need to take two lanes
0: okay I mean it sounds great, it's just a question of having the it came out very late in the year.
1: Yeah, and another thing is they're they're kind of forcing the the marketplace on this game in a way that's very off putting. Like people complain that uh, you couldn't earn free card and they had it like a system to earn free card, but it's very slow if you compare it to Earthstone or the either the magic online games not too bad about that too it's very slow and it's very obvious that they want you to pay for pack and then pay for other card Then you buy from another player and then steam take their cut and whatever it just seemed like a big money sink in a way that's like very off-putting it's a card game
0: yeah it's like car, every card game that's not netrunner
1: <laughs> yeah that being said like if you don't care about that too much you can play phantom. You can play what they call phantom draft, which is basically they give you fifty card, a uh, sixty card, and you create a deck out of those sixty card. You just don't keep the card, so you can potentially play with all the cards in the game for free. You just don't have them in your collection, and it doesn't add to any like ranking or whatever. You're just playing meaningless game so- with randos. but like you have in concept access to all the cards in the game without paying you can but you can't take those cards and like play with them in the, the rank a random match yeah, yeah in the rank games
0: i'm going to assume that this is not no. a game that you feel like it needs to be considered
1: for uh, the short list of best games of the year no what about uh what about ashen i had a very bad first impression with this uh, it felt like cheap dark souls uh because like it's very much inspired by dark Souls. it's very much a dark souls game with a map and because of the map i felt like uh the areas themselves were less interesting than dark souls they felt more like open world areas where it's just a big plane and you're just running around doing a run in it Uh, that being said it kind of grew on me later because there's a a village mechanic, like you're coming back to your own hometown and it's growing every time you come back, every time you find people in the open world, they're gonna go back to the village and add like, a little house or stuff like that. I didn't play more than five or six hours. I think I'm gonna play more of it because I'm starting to like it and there's stuff in it that I found to be striking. That said, I still think it doesn't play as well as a Dark Soul and it's kind of fiddly. I like it more for its mood than Playing it, I think it's a good. I think it's good. But yeah,
0: I I, I also have not played very much of it. It seems uh, it seems really interesting from what I've seen so far. Uh, I just, I ju- it's just a lot of things came out right at the end of the year, and I've been playing Red Dead still two months yeah. later. So it's finding the time. In the same note of games which are which all came out at the end that I didn't get to spend enough time with tell me a little bit about below
1: i mean i think i've spent enough time with below to know that i really don't like that game and it's very disappointing the writing was kind of on the wall because like that game has been in development for five six years now like it's been announced for the launch of the xbox one basically and it just came out this year and it's also a very very dark souls inspired game uh that being said it's like top down so it looks like a pretty Zelda, old Zelda game I guess, and you're just going in this dungeon and like doing floor in a Diablo-like fashion except when you die you have to restart from the beginning unless you found a shortcut so it has also this roguelike roguelite element to it my biggest problem with the game and it has also I need to say it has a, a cold mechanic, a hunger mechanic and a thirst mechanic. My whole problem with this game is that the main combat is kind of bad and it's the only way you really interact with the game is just fighting enemies and uh, it just gets boring very fast so like when you die and you have to do two or three floor again because like you the last shortcut you got was very high or whatever it's just like i don't want to play more of this i don't want to do those floor again and not because like the they're just not interesting to do over and over, and the game looks very inter- interesting as a cool art style, so it's fun to explore. But then there's the anger and the terse mechanics that are like keeping you for like, from exploring too much. It's funny that both
0: Ashen and Below came out basically within a week of each other. These indie Dark Souls-inspired yeah. games. Uh, also, I'm I would posit that putting out a Dark Souls game in uh, December is basically the worst yeah. time. <laughs> Tensions are so high already uh, that it's hard to it's hard to want to engage with something like that right then and there. Not that that, that yeah, pertains to anything. Yeah, that's so. true.
1: But like, I don't mind. Well, I do. I've said multiple times right now that like I do mind. I, I don't want to play our hardcore game too much. But that's not very true. Like, I played plenty of very hard game this year that like puts you back an hour when you die. But like the the big problem with below that Ashen maybe doesn't have as much as like. Just getting back where you were is boring. Like just the main the main way you interact with the game is not interesting. The fun stuff is the exploration, but it's not the main draw of the game. So like why would I wanna do that stuff again yeah. over and over? It's might be a problem. So like below uh, I like I'm super disappointed about it and like it what I told Ralph earlier is that it feels like a game that they believed a lot in it but never managed to find how to make it fun.
0: It's, it's very much a shame, yeah.
1: And, like, that's the, I feel that's the scariest thing for the, because, like, you can work, like, multiple years on a project and never, like, find, never, it never find it comes magic. around. Yeah, yeah and, I, I, like, I it's a well-made game, it just doesn't work.
0: All right, uh, so I, it's funny all these games off the off the cuff that are a little bit of a downer, but we're going to get into the fun stuff soon. But uh, also Captain Spirit was a huge disappointment for me this year. Yeah, me too. Uh, I love the aesthetic of the games that uh, Don't, Nod, Don't Nod's choice-based narrative games make. Sorry, I love the aesthetic of Don't Nod's narrative choice-based games. Captain Spirit looked like it would be right up my alley, but it's um, largely underwhelming. Uh, I think some of the emotional beats work, but it's so slight and so short. And I I guess it really is supposed to be a demo, so I don't know...
1: Yeah, but my problem... Yeah, that's it. It's free also, so whatever. But, like, my problem with it is that it feels more like marketing than a game. Yeah. And that kind of rubs me the wrong way. As you said, there's some beats that work fine, but some other are, like, kind of bad, and it's not explored. I feel like like they're not the main character of uh, Life is Strange 2, and I feel like those characters needed either more story or just... Didn't need to be there.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, okay, Celeste, early in this year, was a tremendous game, and I think that we'll talk about it Yeah, we'll talk later. about
1: it later, for sure. Tell me about Cultist Simulator. Cultist Simulator is one of the weirdest games I played this year. I didn't play that much of it, so maybe it gets it makes more sense. And Not that it didn't make sense for me, but like, it's a very bizarre card game that you play that feels like putting out fires in a way. So like most of the card will operate on the timer. So you put a card on the board and it tells you you need to feed it another card or different other cards on a timer and then it's going to do an effect and if you don't feed it, it's going to do another effect and it's just like it evolves from there and you like a card will will create other cards. It's very hard to explain but an example i could give is you're gonna have a job and you're gonna have a card that's gonna be your time your free time that you can give to your job and if you give free time to your job you gain money card if you don't give free time to your job you're gonna lose your job card and maybe gain a card that said like oh you quit your job in a bad way and people hate you because of that it's super strange Uh, as i said many times to raf it feels like a tabletop role-playing game that you're playing with a computer and that's super cool because all the cards have like interesting story with them and it creates those very organic strange stories I didn't enjoy playing it but I thought it was one of the most interesting game of the year I'm not gonna argue about it because like I didn't enjoy playing it but like whatever those people are doing are it's very interesting in concept
0: yeah I can't wait to see more how do you say this? This. Dandara? Yeah, Dandara. Okay, Uh, Dandara is a, um, I guess for lack of a better word, we're going to go with Metroidvania platformer type thing. Uh, I love the look of this game a lot. I love the flow of this game quite a bit. The way that you control this game, the way that you engage with it, is you are bouncing between surfaces. So rather than being a platformer where you're controlling where your character is sort of landing mid-jump, you're sort of controlling it like it were... I'm trying to think of what analog I would use, and the only thing I can think of is Hold Down. Yeah, it's not like a Hold Down <laughs> at all. It's uh, Anyway, you're, you're controlling sort of the direction or the angle which they're yeah. bouncing between platforms uh, with, and it feels pretty darn good. And the reason they go with that design choice is because it, it it works both on console and on uh, mobile platforms. I didn't end up playing it on mobile at all, just on Xbox. No,
1: neither. Uh, just on Xbox.
0: And there's there's a little bit of magic in this game, and I can't, I never could quite put my finger on why I enjoyed it so much. It's very much like a Super Nintendo Genesis homage style. It's not exactly those you know bits or whatever bits and bytes and whatnot. Uh, but there's something to exploring that world that has a lot of fun in it yeah there's just a lot of weird characters and the the levels work and they're interesting it just it's a little bit too hard for its own good and i eventually bounced off it
1: yeah i feel probably in the second half it like kind of gets very hard and like it's because of how the movement works it gets very hard to uh orient yourself in the world too so it gets more frustrating than fun yeah
0: and there's a big section in this metroidvania game where you don't have a map Anyway, I I, I... I don't remember Is the cloud section... I remember the cloud section not having a map.
1: Oh, right. That's true. And then
0: that was the moment where I was kind of like, I can't... Yeah, I stopped there too. ...reconcile this game. Uh, which is a shame, because I, I still want to like... I like it more in my retrospective than I do actively playing it.
1: Yeah, I still want to like that game in a way, and I wish... I don't know if it worked very well. It didn't seem to sell that much, and I think it's more interesting than most Yeah, agreed. games that are made, so...
0: The movement feels very good in that game. Another game which has fantastic movement is a game called Dead Cells. Yep. I don't like this game uh, at all. Me neither. It is a huge darling in the gaming community right now. And I just think it's,
1: yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it controls super well. So it's very fun at the beginning. I killed the first boss something like five or six times. I was talking about with Bellow or just getting back there. I feel like the combat in itself works and it's fun, but it's very mashy. Like, you just get in there and mash the button a lot. And uh, I'm sure like... there
0: are people screaming listening to this because people seem to think it's uh, no, highly but, precise.
1: I mean, you can put traps too, but like the thing I would do is just like roll in a combat, like trigger my two-trap and like mash like crazy. I would get like fucking carpal tunnel syndrome from play that game like my hand would hurt yeah maybe either.
0: both both of us didn't like this game because we have huge carpal tunnel issues
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't have well not that bad but still but the thing is like another thing that pissed me off like i know there's a time door that encourages you to go fast but i feel like i would get more cells by playing slowly which mean i would do the whole every like every time you die you have to restart from the beginning but there's a currency that stay with you so like it's I, I felt like the best way to play the game, the most efficient way to play the game was to take my time in each and every area, which made the run very long, which made getting back to the first boss very long. And after fighting the first boss five times, I was like, I don't want to fight that boss again. I want to do those area again, and like there's multiple way you can go which changed the game a bit but not that much and it's weird to me because like it's getting compared to Rogue Legacy a lot which is not a game I love but I kind of liked at the time and the thing that Rogue Legacy did is that you could skip full Area completely and you didn't have to kill the same boss. When you kill the boss once like it was done you didn't have to kill it again.
0: I remember so in, in Dead Cells the first time that I got to a boss that I was clearly not, I didn't have the right loadout to fight. And I was sort of like playing against them perfectly and like dodging all the hits. But at some point there's an attrition where I can't fight this boss for 35 minutes hitting them one stab at a time because I have the wrong items. And that's hugely frustrating because if you're, I'm basically playing games on a budget of hours. I have X number of hours I can commit to games. I don't want to squander them. Money
1: is not a problem because we're buying all the games anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Even if we shouldn't. But like that's it, it feels like I was wasting my time with this game. And another thing is like it would get me 30 minutes to get to this bus every time. And I feel the game gets very hard starting after the first bus, but I was, like, just so checked out... By the time you pass it, right. ...that I was, like, not careful anymore and would just die in the area after all the time because I was just... I I just want to get further and whatever. I played something like eight hours of that game still, and, like, it never clicked with me.
0: Well, and there there is a... um the the typical AAA video game endorphin type rush that you I know this is not a AAA game but like there is the endorphin rush of playing this game and pseudo leveling up and watching the numbers get bigger I was really compelled to play it for a weekend but it was almost like it was almost like stress eating like I was actively playing this game and knowing it was bad for me and just being like okay I'm just gonna do another run like I'm gonna watch these numbers go up and I'm gonna see if I do well but it was frustrating and I, I don't like those games that I feel like I'm being manipulated while I play yeah so anyway Dead Cells, one of the most popular games of the year. is not, not in our list for, not in our all. short list.
1: So like you, right now you either know if you stay for the rest of the podcast. Yeah, this is, is where the two best like <laughs> video game people in the world were just like idiots that are not worth listening to. You.
0: So it's now, it's just you and I alone in this room. More games that we're going to uh, pick apart. Uh, Detroit Become Human. Um, I texted you this quote. Uh, And I have it pulled up right here. This is a quote from uh, my partner, Anna. And she says, quote, This is the stupidest game I ever played. (laughs) And um, uh, sure enough, Detroit Become Human is an insultingly dumb game. Uh, It's my jaw hit the floor regularly because of how truly embarrassing this video game is.
1: I have nothing much to add Like, it, I kind of enjoyed it in, in this way because it's so fucking bad uh, like it's so fucking stupid The on the technical level that game is very impressive like it's very good looking and whatever it plays fine and like how many of the story um, all the story can like change wildly depending on minor choices is very interesting but it's just that they have the money to pull it off like it's not
0: it's um Revolutionary or anything so this is a game by david cage who has done uh heavy rain and beyond two souls among others and it is as if he has seen blade runner for the very first time uh, and then he was like i can do this but better right and so he has these android characters marching around literally quoting martin luther king jr yep. Anyway, whatever this and, and and this game is like all his other games. This is it's wildly manipulative. Like I I did tear up at a couple different points, but it's just because the scenarios are in fact they're sad scenarios regardless of any context. Like there's a right. part where there's a, a mother being separated from her child at the border. It's it's really upsetting. Like I sat there like barely keeping it together. But screw you, David Cage. You can't. No, you can't. You, you, can't, do you that, can't just like throw this stuff around and and expect to be a heavy and intelligent
1: game. Anyway. Because it's not. All- so like, I know your main one of your main character died at the end, but I was like in a riot with a gun and I was like shooting everybody at the end and it felt <laughs> oh, great. Really?
0: Yeah, I, we got one of the worst. En- I typically always get the worst endings in his games because I, I play them. I always
1: got the the best ending, you <laughs> know, of this game because I don't know I play it the way he thinks a moral person acts, <laughs> but like I cannot play it knowing I'm gonna play this character as an asshole. So like the my android that is starting a revolution i was he's going to be very violent and i was shooting everybody i could like that i didn't want to shoot everybody i could but like the first time like you're going in this television acting in the television uh, show to do your speech in front of all the people that are watching the television and there's somebody that there's one human that runs away i was like of course i'm an android i'm gonna shoot it like i'm just gonna shoot it in the leg Because I'm an android and I have perfect reflex and whatever, I'm just going to shoot in the leg, but you only have the option to shoot him and kill him, (laughs) which is super stupid because every other scene where android fights, like, they have perfect reflex and everything, and I killed my first person there, and yep, Yep. after that point I was on my killing human spree, and I still got the best ending, so. Good, good god. Alright,
0: Donut County.
1: Yeah, Donut County is a game we're going to talk more about.
0: Okay, so we're going to skip talking about Donut County, and I'm going to move it up to our, our short list for the best games of the year. Uh, and at the same time, I'm going to grab the games Dragon Ball Fighter Z or Fighters, and I'm going
1: to pull it up. Okay. I'm going to move
0: it all the way up to our short list okay. for the best games of the year. And you know what? While we're at it, let's also move up Dragon Quest XI, uh, and everything is going to be okay.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: That's a good run. Uh, D and E, doing pretty well
1: yeah let's say i agree with that
0: all right moving right along we don't really need to talk about fallout 76 it's on here because we both played it it's not a good game no every this is sort of a you know unanimous critique of it that it is shallow and empty and a major disappointment from one of the most popular franchises in
1: gaming yep
0: now i'm gonna quickly move far lone sales up uh, because it's a tremendous video game i agree with that and you can talk to us about far cry 5
1: i i didn't like far cry 5 at all i found it profoundly insulting story-wise if you're only there for the gameplay i think it's fine i think it's a fine far cry game there's been people talking about how it has less weapon and less vehicles and stuff than far cry 4 i'm not crazy about that stuff i'm not the kind of person that counts so many weapons there's in the sequel like for me two different machine gun are basically the same thing. So I guess if you want an open-world shooter, I think it's fine. I really do think it's one of the worst story in video games of this year. Okay, it's... so
0: let, let's talk about it. The reason why Far Cry 5 could be considered one of the worst stories in games this year is largely because this game tries to have it both ways. Yeah. It tries to be a progressive, left-leaning, anti-conspiracy theory style game yeah uh and then it couples it by sort of playing it both ways where the villains of this game who are these extremists uh are also kind of at the end um validated and turns out that they were correct about some of their assumptions about the world and this is such a squeamish and Mm -hmm. um toothless
1: yeah, narrative. that that's the point where it gets very insulting, but even before that, the way they presents those conspiracy terrorist people, like, they don't want to paint them as wholly villainous. They're sort of like, well, they have their reasons. But and, not know. even that, like, they're not, they're not Trump supporter. Like, they don't want to show you that those people are the bad. The game wants to be political, but at the same time, it has no, like, political leaning at all. It doesn't say anything on a political level, except what comes from shooting people in video games i guess like it doesn't want to say oh the conservative brought those problems or the even the liberal brought those problems like it it has
0: yeah it has it, no perspective you're yeah. absolutely right and it's it's really upsetting
1: yeah because like you see how that cult acts like a right-leaning cult like and a right-leaning an alt-right cult i would say uh like there is that are Uh, growing at the moment but like the game doesn't want to point at those because they don't want to alienate a part of their audience so they just don't end up not saying anything
0: um that said i'm a little bit of two minds on this game because i was very swept up in um the rp side of this game uh i i was legitimately terrified at certain points playing it, and there's something about just setting a game an open world game in america with all this with the violence of a, you know, AAA video game mm-hmm. and just sort of letting you slowly creep along dirt roads in the Midwest, um, fighting cultists was it was really something. Uh, so narrative stuff aside, I do think some of the world building in the game is or some of the the art, the aesthetic of the game is so well done that it's hard not to, um, to find some merit in that. And then it's Far Cry, and Far Cry games are pretty fun. There's, you know, good chaos that
1: happens in there, yeah, but uh, it's also deterred. Like even if we don't count for Prime on because I haven't played it or the DLC they made for the other game, like they've been doing those for a while now. Yeah, and I I like...
0: don't disagree. I I'm just bringing up you know it, it wasn't okay that believe it or not that is the game I played the second most this year yeah. on Xbox according to my according to my like rat my roundup at the end or whatever. I clearly found some merit in that thing.
1: I, I'm sure I still played it 20 hours like I finished the game uh like on the gameplay level if we want to talk about that stuff like there's stuff that is bad like oh there's i think six time in the whole story where you're gonna get abducted and put in a very linear uh mission and like i don't know it's supposed to be an open world shoot everything have fun kind of game and it's weird that the game like stops you in your track while you're trying to having fun but like it's not it's still just a far cry game and if you enjoy those like you're probably gonna enjoy this game yeah. still so, but like i don't know
0: all right moving along florence and forgotten
1: an two game we're going to talk about two
0: games that we're going to talk about what about uh, forza horizon 4
1: i like forza horizon 4 i really like the forza game they're a very mindless thing i can do while listening to podcasts and it feels like i'm having this road trip all in the world where i don't have to drive well and they're all they're also very good like technical uh driving games that can get as hard or as easy as you want them to be and I think that's cool and they're accessible in fun ways that one I didn't stick as much as tree just because I played so much of tree in a way I think the season stuff they added is cool because it kind of integrate what they did with the first DLC of forza horizon 3 in the main game but like it didn't change the game enough for me to stick with it more than 10 hours
0: I uh, I love the forza horizon games and I'm super happy to have it through game pass like i think that's one of those things where you kind of go okay this is exactly the video game you want on game pass you want right as someone who doesn't play a lot of driving games it doesn't feel great paying 80 dollars for one but i, I would have it no anyway. I, I know but you know i'm I'm gonna play this in bits and spurts throughout the next two years yeah, and that's a... that's exciting god of war is a game that i would like to talk about in greater detail yeah sure what about gris or glee sorry
1: I mean, it's supposed to be Gris because it's Spanish. Oh, really? Yeah, it's oh. not the French. Gris. Which really... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I finished that game. Uh, it's a very, very, very pretty platformer that is on your um, Where you play a woman who lost her voice and is trying to get her voice back. And um, I think it gestures at having more to say about depression and loss and that kind of stuff. But I think it does it in a very hollow way. And I think the platforming itself is not interesting at all. I think it's a game that is very pretty, that knows it's pretty. And it's kind of uninteresting because of it. Because it, it leans all its power, it puts all its power in, in how pretty it is. And I, it wasn't enough for me. Like it felt it felt very shallow
0: yeah i I completely agree on all accounts um gris is uh, tremendous to look at uh yeah. I'm a little bit taken aback by how popular it seems to be yeah. and, and it's mostly just because i think there's a lot of games that do very similar stuff that are completely overlooked so something something they've been right in the marketing yeah for sure department which is good for them i mean i this is typically the type of game i like and i like that people can have these meditative experiences and enjoy them this just feels like kind of a, a weak one of those yeah. to me i
1: it's the first immediately pretty one of those but, like, I have Jiu-Jitsu's and, and how oh, it treats its team, and I think it barely hits them. I told Raph I found a collectible, which was a old, broken statue, and it unlocked an achievement for me that was, I think, Depression, the name of the achievement. I think that's, like, a bad way yeah. to treat that stuff. As someone... It's been more than eight minutes. <laughs> as someone who made a game this year that Oof. talks about depression and how you need to keep up I think it hits those team in a very hollow and I don't think it's very respectful of them in a way and like it's just set dressing for a platformer and that's not interesting to me
0: yeah yeah That th- I've read a lot of and whatever you know you don't read the comments but I've read a lot of comments and critiques that have compared it to journey and i find that deeply upsetting <laughs> yeah me too
1: uh and i'm not i don't even like journey as much as you do Duo. i think it's an incredible incredible game but like journey may add stuff
0: journey is um oh, i'll throw it out there maybe the best game of all time <laughs> you know just just a little thing little ditty
1: i'd say Le- top 20.
0: okay okay uh Guacamele 2 i had a ton of fun with this year um I don't think it's one of the, you know, I don't think it needs to be collected on any major lists, but no. it is a great game. I think it's an easy recommendation, and it's super, it's a lot funnier than the last game yeah, was. Yeah, obviously, it's... and
1: uh, I think the room where you find all the critique they had for the first one is, like, just priceless. It's also it's still very meme humor, but I think it works much better. But,
0: but the first Guacamelee had a lot of outright reddit 4chan straight memes yeah in it as its version of humor and then there's a meme room in guacamole <laughs> 2 where they pull all the people saying this game is the worst this <laughs> has too many memes uh, it was great
1: hitman 2 we're gonna talk about
0: wait really yeah oh really yeah hitman 2 you want to put it on yeah. the short list
1: uh this is the actual funniest game of the year i believe
0: it i did some funny things in hitman 2
1: just uh, do you know the other level you got to the third level, I guess that's right yeah okay th- do you know the other one?
0: I know the fifth I don't know the fourth
1: okay and then the sixth
0: or okay the sixth I also know yeah I maybe mean, okay, maybe I don't know the fourth and the fifth
1: okay do I know what th- the
0: last level is,
1: which is like the the castle yeah, okay, that's super cool, but like the fifth one is a an American suburbs
0: oh really oh yeah okay i did see some of this and
1: uh there's an invitation for barbecue in the suburbs and one of your targets you can invite them to the barbecue and then like poison stuff or do something but like i just shot them in the barbecue and everybody pulled a gun and started shooting at me (laughs) i was like why people have guns i was like oh america like that gave us a lot of knowing jokes in a way that are pitch perfect and the the because they play it straight like it works perfectly and it can be the funniest game of the year it can also be very weird to play and we're going to talk more about it
0: all right uh moving right along to iconoclast
1: yeah iconoclast is another one of those 2d platformers slash metroidvania though it's a little less of a metroidvania it's more of a puzzle platformer with open-ish environment I guess the game, uh, it resembles the most is probably Cave Story, in that it's mostly a 2D platformer, but it also has a structure that is very reminiscent of JRPGs. And how you get to town and have a lot of dialogues, a lot of very strict dialogues, and then a lot of exploring places where there's not necessarily enemies or puzzles to interact with, but just a bunch of people to talk with and know their backstory and all. I think it's a cool game. It didn't stick with me that much i'm not gonna argue about it but i think it's pretty good
0: all right into the breach i assume we will talk about later
1: yeah okay uh
0: do you have any thoughts or feelings you want to share on life is strange season two beyond i think what the we've the already
1: said? episode is very it's tremendous and i'm very happy about that because as we said uh, we didn't like captain spirit that much that being said uh i think it starts on a bang and like just nails it basically I, I
0: still haven't tried I cannot wait to play this game yeah that's it like
1: it, next episode is going to be in January you don't have to play it right now it doesn't feel complete it wouldn't be right to argue about it as one of the best games of the year but I'm pretty sure if it would have been complete if they keep the same level of quality we're going to talk about it next year, next year for yeah. sure it uh, feels sorry it feels better than the first one right now these are, this is exciting which is pretty big words uh,
0: Luca Born of a
1: Dream yeah Luca Born of a Dream is a also, a Dark Souls-inspired game with a Zelda point of view, like a top-down point of view, uh, also is a game that is probably about depression and also a lot of religion in it. There's a lot of religious iconography, so I didn't finish it, but it talks a lot about coming to terms in maybe living with religion while you're not maybe religious and all that stuff. I think it's a super cool game. Uh, it looks fucking great, if you like weird-looking game. Because like I don't know if you've seen much of it, but like it, like it's just outline and it's very striking. And it, it's maybe a little hard to follow, but like it, it's a very striking still style that doesn't resemble that doesn't look like anything else. We're not gonna argue about it, okay? Because I didn't like it that much. Maybe gameplay-wise, uh, I still think it's a very interesting game, and I hope the dev makes more game, because like that's a unique voice. Great.
0: Um, Monster Hunter World. We're going to agree about that one. We will talk about it later. Uh, okay, so Moss is a game that I played this year. In fact, I think I might have been so ambitious about my excitement for Moss that I think I might have taken notes on it, uh, most of which were probably quite negative, because uh, Moss was a huge disappointment for me this year. So it is a very cute, good-looking game where you play a small mouse on a larger-than-life quest, and it's played in VR. So it's this very diorama-esque puzzle game. It's just aggressively slow. So it's it takes the perspective, it takes a diorama perspective, not unlike Mario 3D World, and it tries to be a little bit melancholy, but largely it's just you walking through these very simplistic puzzles in VR and you know solving them one after another and seeing another area so for me it was all about seeing the next little bit of content and it took me far too long to get there and really the draw for this game for me was just the fact that it was in VR i think this is a game that if it weren't in VR would be basically left by the wayside which was why it was even more striking to me that when i went to go look at reviews for it it was a lot of like 9 on 10 and like the future of VR uh i i don't i don't get it um it's uh it's neat insofar as it is a different way to direct yeah. a video game. But that doesn't that didn't make it like engaging enough for me to sort of stick with all the way to the end or to recommend anyone.
1: I still feel very cynical about VR in a way. In not not the I think the device are great, but like the games that came on them are not that interesting. I feel there's a, um like this need to have the killer app on them. So there's a lot of games that got oversold in a way that they don't deserve.
0: Yeah, I mean, the killer app was Resident Evil 7, and uh, there hasn't been anything else since that I think is...
1: Like, that's a big ask, because, like, you're not gonna show Resident Evil 7 to your grandma.
0: Yeah, it's basically, it's just, uh, you know, a handful of people with the stomach for it, and that's it. Yeah,
1: because, like, that game's crazy.
0: Uh, Is Nino Kuni 2 a game that you would like to put on our shortlist for the best games of the year? No. Really? Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about Nioh no Kuni right here and right now.
1: Yeah, I, I quite I liked it. It's a very bite the numbers JRPG that like is completely optimistic and has like no bite at all. And in a way, it was nice of playing this game in a very rough year. Because sometimes you just want things to go well, and you want the trader in your party to have a good reason to be a trader and be a nice person at the end. And like, there's little tidbits of melancholia there that are nice, but like, it never get full. It never get that interesting. And uh, I think the biggest problem with this game as a JRPG is that the structure is just four chapter that are basically copy paste of each other. Uh, which yeah. makes it, like, by the end, you've seen what this game has to say. That being said, like, I still found those places, the places that you explore, very pretty. So I was fine exploring them. But, like...
0: I, I think this game is a massive disappointment. And basically, I loved it. And w- I even was recommending it across the board. I, I told so many people to buy this game because I had just finished up to that first town. And then the second town I liked... Uh like but then, to
1: better than the
0: first. Thing. Sure, but it's not even about it being better or worse. It's that, like, any one of them is great. Yeah. And then that whole thing is rinse and repeat from then on, which is so disappointing because the first bit of it has so much forward momentum where you're sort of, like, learning about the story and learning about the world and the characters and then the whole thing completely falls on its face and becomes a just a rote JRPG mess of, like, do this side quest for so-and-so. And right. that being said, you know, I love... Um, master pugnacious uh i love like that there's a boss called butcher baker king Kingmaker and stuff like that yeah. like it's just full of puns and joy and it love works and... it's
1: cute too yeah
0: overcooked we- 2 is a lot more overcooked i i played most of it i think overcooked is a really fun game i don't like those games at all uh yeah,
1: yeah. What? That's all right. You don't have to. You're not gonna argue for it. It's no, not, no, it's not no, that no, time not for even
0: you. close. Uh, I am gonna pull Paratopic, Red Dead Redemption Two, and Return of the Oberden sure. up to our shortlist for the best games of the year.
1: Next one was Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. That game got a lot of hate for no good reason. I, I feel no for good reason. Like people expected a lot from the new rare game. Like it was the, the first rare game since the Kinect Day, basically. So their first real game uh, in a while and it kind of didn't deliver on the content side in a way because there's not that much stuff to do in the game it's more like just a open world connected world where you just do bullshit with randos yeah i mean people.
0: sea of thieves is truly disappointing but i think the pr- response was probably disproportionate
1: i i think it's actually kind of a good game for not that much time like we said it earlier like that game's on game pass and i think it's the perfect way to experience that game it's just have game pass as i like, have game pass so you keep that game when they update it and just like look at it from time to time and play it, it, from it time um to time.
0: it's a different game right yeah. like it's on on the one hand there's part of me that goes like you know what sea of thieves is great because if you if you're looking to play games with friends and you have a whole you know a huge list of games to play for most of those are going to be shooters yeah and sea of thieves is like definitely not that it's a different game it's a pretty game it has a different kind of fun and that's something
1: yeah and like we're going to talk about that in another game but like it's also a game that likes to take its time and like make you get in the mood where nothing will happen for a while and you're just like sailing for a little while and like yeah uh, in...
0: until until i discovered game which will which shall not be named which yeah. is red dead redemption 2 um i thought about putting Sea of Thieves on my top 10 list just for the sake of saying you know what sometimes you want a slow and contemplative game. Yeah
1: and that that's fair and on the other hand like that game can turn on a dime and gets very hectic and very crazy but there's something about like I know a lot of people complain about the fact that there's no real progression in that game all the progressions come cosmetic but for me it let me role play that game as much as I wanted when like I played maybe something like 10 hours and once with my friend, uh, we just got, like, wrecked by two other boats. And, like, we lost maybe five hours, uh, not five hours, but, like, five treasure. Sorry, we, we accumulated on the boat. And, like, if The stakes okay. are so low, yeah. That's it. On the other hand, I managed to sneak on an enemy boat and steal what is the biggest treasure in the whole game that you can get. Because they were fighting Skeleton, and they weren't looking at their boat. I just managed to sneak in and like ran away and they realized that they got stolen and saw our boat so they were like trying to catch us but we were like talking with each other and like going super fast and I was like very stressful and I was very invested in keeping that money because yeah. like it was the moment was cool but like if I if they caught us and like killed us i wouldn't have been angry about losing four thousand bucks because at the end of the day it's oh well yeah. it's oh well so like it it creates those moments that you can be invested but are never frustrating which is not the case it, for, and i do
0: love the core sailing mechanics yeah
1: it's very good like
0: it's not hold hold right trigger to run the rudder and go like it's you know it's it's a multiplayer thing it's one person's lowering the sails and one person's doing the anchor, one person's fine looking at the map and communicating yeah. that to the person who's steering, who can't see because there's sails in the way. It's cool.
1: But even when you do it alone on a small boat, I don't know if you ever tried. But it's,
0: like, it's a little bit like a lovers in dangerous space-time yeah. thing where you're sort of trying to manage more than you actually can. Yeah. It's cool. September 1998 is a... Game that's maybe less than ten minutes. I think it is super cool. It's a horror game which it's used a three D camera to layer a real, like a literal real world setting uh, onto an explorable space. And they do some smart stuff where you you can't really interact with anything. But if there are say like a bunch of beer cans on the floor, if you walk into them, you can't. You can no longer see them, but it'll make the noise because because it's just a three D render of this space. So you you know you can't actually move objects around in it. It's really scary uh, I, I tend to play something like this where I'll turn off all the lights uh, and this one right towards the end I just kind of turned them back on just in 10 minutes I thought you know what I if something does scare me uh, I want to have the lights on for it it's you just walking around and it um, it's just jumping forward in time basically to your own murder uh, so you're sort of deconstructing your death uh, and it's it's very haunting and cool. I, I It's not going to be on our shortlist, but I really liked it.
1: I'm never going to play it. <laughs> it sounds like terrifying. It,
0: it's like PT-esque in the way it, it just uses like complete realism to sort of get you. Cool. I, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Shadow of the Tomb Raider, you have not played, correct? I didn't
1: touch it. That game didn't sell so well. Didn't sell so well. I I feel bad for them. Like It was selling at 30 bucks
0: yeah and and it's sort of a shame the problem with shadow of the tomb raider is that it's very much too little too late like there's a lot less shooting in this game which is worth applauding like there's more tombs there's more stealth there's more of the stuff that works but it's um largely uninspired as far as as far as it's like art direction goes and it's level design goes and it's quite short and it just doesn't really live up to the predecessor it it sort of feels like it never justifies its own existence and that's uh, a shame Uh, because yeah whatever there are there are a few cool things in it you know you you see uh you see Lara Croft as a 10 year old or 11 year old or something and you sort of do some challenges in there and that works well it's uh there's also some hilarious like faux epic moments where you you basically expect like a electric guitar to come out and strum and I, I enjoyed some of that stuff but it's uh ultimately skippable uh Slay the Spire we're
1: gonna argue about that one
0: I did not realize that Slay the Spire was in contention for the game of the year. uh, And now I wish I had played a little bit more of it.
1: Do you know how much I played that game?
0: I'm going to guess in the vicinity of 150 hours.
1: You're good, 160. Oh, really? Cool. (laughs) That's crazy. I never do that. Uh, But when that game, they put Ascension mode, which is a mode that uh, every time you finish it, it gets a little bit harder. And you can restart at the level of... You don't have to do them again. Like You can always restart at level 9 ascension if you got there. And that was a lot of time. I got level 10 ascension with all three characters. And they had a daily run where they put modifier. And that was a lot of fun because sometimes like the modifier are very helpful. And you just get super overpowered. And the game gets very easy in a fun, breezy, stupid way. And sometimes the modifier are very hard and make the game very hard in a fun, challenging challenging way. way. And it's also a very good podcast ga- podcast game, so yeah. it just became my fucking go-to podcast game. So I played so much of it without realizing it, and when I realized I, I played like four hours of it, it was kind of too late, and I was kind of wrapped in the whole thing.
0: I'm um, very confident that I will play more of Slow the Spire.
1: It's very well designed for ways I'm going to maybe yeah, we'll talk, talk about, about later.
0: About. Marvel's Spider-Man for PlayStation 4 we it's so i'm so lucky that i get to talk to you about games because otherwise i think i might go crazy because something like marvel spider-man is truly for me just kind of nothing yeah it's okay it's It's like the definition of a two-star game or like a three-star game maybe for me where it's completely serviceable yeah i like the story in it quite a bit i like the swinging in it quite a bit I spent a lot of time in Vents, I spent a lot of time doing completely inane, mindless, nothing side quests. It's I, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand kinda like kinda like Gris, I don't understand why this one has so much yeah, I mean, further behind it's it. It's
1: weird because I felt like people were kinda tired of the Arkham game. Uh Yeah, okay, like, so here's
0: a great example. How come Spider Man PS4 is the second uh, it's a it's a masterpiece. Yeah. But mordor 2 shadow or shadow of war or whatever it was that one's
1: garbage everybody hates that well, game. well that one's garbage for real though
0: i i liked it basically just as much
1: i, I like spider-man a little bit more because like it has the swinging that's like kane kind of but the combat
0: is infinitely worse like the combat it's the one of the worst it like, gets worse than assassin's creed's combat yeah it's not good no and you spend a lot of time in big rooms fighting you know 30 guys back to back and and it's completely serviceable it's okay yeah but it's not good
1: well that's it my weird thing about this game is basically it's an arkham game like it's a basically a copy of an arkham game and it's not as good as the arkham game because like there, when they got to arkham knight there was a lot of iteration that got them there and like you they had a lot of polish that this spider-man game doesn't have like the combat doesn't feel as good the side mission are like v- a lot more grindy than they were in Arkham Game, even though they were grindy in Arkham Game. Like, the story's better, yeah. I think, and the color, of... Like, Spider-Man as a character is more interesting than Batman. The story yeah. as a whole is maybe not... The Hark is maybe not better, but the the characters are more interesting. But, like, it's the same game with a different color of paint, so I don't understand why people say they're tired of Arkham Game, and then you serve them the exact same game, not as well-made, but with different color, and I think it also has prettier color. I like daytime, which doesn't yeah, happen in Batman. Sure. But like, I don't understand why people go crazy over this one. I kind of feel it's the Marvel. Maybe it's spell. just a Marvel
0: thing. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. Anyway. I, I love. There's a single level in this game that uses verticality that like uses the swinging mechanics yeah. inside of its inside of its core level design, and it's it's as simple as like there is um it's a skyscraper and there's all this action and there's helicopters around and there are three stories and you're sort of climbing the stories but you can swing in in and out of the three stories because it's an open in construction yeah. building and you fight some bad guys on one level and then some on the other level and it which works the, really well it's really impressive it's this like oh you're using all your mechanics in one
1: which the game never does again and
0: never does it again most of it is you in like there are literal side quests there's spider-mans in a warehouse fight 50 guys right why i it's baffle it baffles me i'm it's this year's near automata where i'm just like why why this one please explain
1: i didn't like near but i think it was more interesting than this
0: i think the story is better in spider-man than near but that's me anyway whatever. Uh, no you know? no i
1: also think the story is better in Spider-Man than <laughs> Near. i just think near had three moments that i could point like there's three moments in near i could point i would be those are the moments why people love that game so much i understand spider-man i just don't unless like you're a sp- spire fan i don't know how you would call yourself yeah and you really want that rainy suit or something but like i i don't understand
0: yeah it's weird um state of Decay 2 i won't talk about very much um i didn't play i played maybe six hours of it it's a zombie sim it's a zombie sim survival game uh, i i actually really like a lot of the mechanics that play in this it's um very ugly to look at and it's extremely punishing it's not something that like I wanted to put the 20 hours to finish in or something like that, but I had enough really cool moments of all the systems kind of working in tandem that I I think I think positively about the, the time of it. Yeah, just driving out into the middle of nowhere, having your car run out of gas, and then scavenging for gas to get back to have like a zombie charge at you and rip off your door and then have someone... Fi- anyway, whatever, there's so much cool stuff in it. Yeah, we are not going to talk about it any more than that, but it's a neat game
1: also uh, i would say about the same thing for subnautica it's a very neat game that really uses its open world very well i don't know that game is very bizarre because i really liked it in concept Uh, i really like the fact that you're exploring this very alien world and you're just like finding new stuff and it's it always feels wonderful like you're always curious what's the ne- next thing you're gonna find. like you find a crack in the ground at one place and then there's a whole massive grotto under it and like it's very impressive. That being said, like the whole gameplay itself is survival mechanics and I they're not fun to engage with. That game's weird, because like it, it created some of the best moments I had this year. I told Rath about this one, but I had this shitty little submarine, which is the first submarine you managed to make. I was in this big cave where I didn't see much, and my submarine hit the roof of the cave, and it was probably the biggest jump scare I had this year in any game, because like it's super scary. You're in this dark cave, and you don't see much, and like you're underwater, you don't have infinite air, and it makes big violent noise of like males scraping on um, rocks and all that shit and that's cool and you feel lost and scared and mm-hmm. vulnerable but like it's just like getting materials to create shit just get tiring very fast and you do a lot of that it's
0: it's a shame because i really loved being in that world like i mean i i enjoyed the stress of being in that world i guess is how i should put it but it's um yeah it's core loop is not not for me yeah so super smash bros ultimate really surprised me i like it a ton a ton i'm not going to nominate it for a short list But I think it's so much better than uh, it has any right to
1: be. It looks a lot better than it has any right to be. Like, I don't care about the Smash Bros game at all, but, like, I'm kind of excited to get
0: my hand on it. Yeah, it's just... um, It's so impressive how much video game history they have crammed into this thing, and it's really just throughout its whole single-player campaign, just the little flourishes they add to show just the most bizarre characters from, like this huge range of different franchises and companies and
1: uh it's really neat yeah and it's a way that uh, does fan service without feeling exploitative or like stupid or like it just seems fun
0: yeah it's for as much as like i not to like be um not to pat myself on the back or anything but like i i know a lot about video games i think that's fair to say and there are still moments where i'm like. I have no idea who this character is or what game they're from i've never heard of this before in my life it's brand new and it's cool to kind of just google that stuff and then find out who's who and yeah i'm i really like it a lot tetris effect i'm gonna move it up to our short list okay can you remind me the name of the haunted frog game
1: uh, i think it's the antenna and the frog detective game a frog detective mystery
0: okay uh that's a very sweet little game
1: yeah it's cute like it's not it's a 40 minutes to yeah. an hour thing i would say it feels like whole kind of point and game though it's from a first person perspective and you just go around an island and talk to people and solve a few it more possible... than anything
0: it's just a bunch of dialogue options yeah. and it's uh it's very likable
1: yeah that's it it's i would say it's more likable than funny even like it's cute and it has some cute joke but like i never really loved my head off it was just very cute and it was a, I had a smile for an hour on my face because i played that game yeah and that's it i, I completely agree tell me about the messenger yeah the messenger is a an obviously very inspired uh, very ninja gaiden inspired 2d platformer that starts as ninja gaiden copy though you have this uh, super cool abilities that is called the cloud walk or something like that that when you basically hit anything uh with your sword and you're in the air it gives you the ability to do a double jump so you can let's say jump hit an enemy projectiles and have a double jump and you could you can do that infinitely so you like a speed runner would basically never touch the ground in that game
0: i have a question is this is it largely the mechanic from ori like when you're going backwards in Ori and you ta- you hit someone and double jump? Uh,
1: it's very similar, uh, though. Like it doesn't post the game and you need to hit and then jump. Like it's not like one button Okay, that it ability. is two
0: buttons. It, it is a stri- it's a jump and a strike.
1: Yeah. Cool, okay. And the strike gives you back your double jump, basically. Uh, which is a cool idea and the level design uses it. And that game for like three hours, I think some people say six. I feel it depends on how good you're... Had It It took me three hours to get to the twist uh, where this game that looked like an 8-bit nostalgia thing become a 16-bit style nostalgia, nostalgia thing. thing. And like the music changed and all that is very cool. But then it becomes a Metroidvania and it reused all of all you already did to uh, do like the level start branching. But it's a very, the design of the map as a Metroidvania is like awful because like those were very linear level and they're not made to be they do not work as a web like it feels more like a tree with branches I would say as level design expert as I am Uh, so you're just backtracking a lot through this very linear map to then go through that little branch that opened from the map so you're just seeing the whole game like over and over and over again and as a metroidvania it completely fails which is super disappointing because like the beginning of the game work is a very fun challenging 2d platformer and i feel maybe 20 bucks is a bit much but like for three hours 2D platformer if the game ended it there i would have like a better opinion of it than what happened after. Yeah, i
0: think that's very fair if, if it's not like respecting your time ultimately it's yeah the Missing, JJ Macfield and the Island of Mysteries, uh, is a game that I played this year, and it, it's a shame because I think it's, um, I liked it quite a bit. I saw it all the way through, I finished it, uh, and I I have fond memories of it, but I also know that there were a lot of points in that game where I basically wanted to rage quit and stop playing because it's, um, it is a puzzle and physics platformer-esque game, and there's a lot of spots where it's just absolutely tedious and you've solved a puzzle a long time before you're able to physically make the puzzle work right uh so that's a shame but it um it has all of the twin peaks homage goodness of um of a sweary game and uh it has a really pretty interesting story from front to back a lot of great uh great dialogue moments in it and yeah it's it's engaging despite its
1: flaws so yeah I, I bought that game i haven't played it so i sadly cannot say anything about it i think it looks super interesting and i'd rather play an interesting and broken game than anything else still like if it's too 100%
0: bad yeah, yeah. broken uh vampire is a game i'm going to move up
1: yeah i agree with that
0: the walking dead season four started this year and then bef- yeah. fell a huge debacle um in for the industry might get finished last, next year though it might get finished i was very impressed with the first episode i never played the second it felt like a return to form and it felt it, it was i was really optimistic
1: which is kind of sad uh, what happened like even if they finish the game it's it kind of feel painted right it now. feels tainted it feels tainted yeah absolutely that's it i have nothing more to add
0: other than just it's like a exhale that is uh very deflating
1: and uh Wondersong, which is our last game on our fifty game, fifty plus. Our game 50 game list. Uh so Wondersong is um asshole bard the game. You're it's a two D platformer uh where you're playing a bard and it has this very cool aesthetics that like looks like arts and craft in a way and uh, you can use your uh, second joystick to do pitch in your singing and as soon as you touch the second joystick your character starts singing and you basically interact with the world singing to people that scream to you to stop singing because they hate that you're singing all the time it's very cute uh it i played maybe half of it it has um it feels a lot uh, like i would say for class as uh, this jrpg feeling where you're going from town to town and meeting like cool new people and random new people i think this game is very cute and very interesting and like totally worth your time it's very also low stakes gaming uh, i think the singing mega- the singing mechanic is cute but in the five hours i played it it never became more than playing a game of simon says like there's goals that you're gonna meet and they're gonna like move in uh, a specific pattern that you need to replicate where you're singing and uh, there's plans that gonna grow in specific pattern depending on where you sing but like it's all different ways to play Simon Says like it's all different package for Simon Says game it never became more than that so I kind of feel it's slight in the gameplay department and because of that we're not gonna argue about it that being said I think it's really good game. It's just very happy and fun.
0: All right. Yeah. Okay, so that is going to we're going to take a quick pause here for um you know, life. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, stuff happening. Yeah. Uh and we will uh, we will return with our our short list for the best games of the year and we'll proceed to argue about uh, which are the 10 best. Uh how about I'm going to read through everything that we have here. So our list of games uh after trimming it down from 50 is celeste donut county dragon ball fighter z or fighters dragon quest 11 everything is going to be okay far lone sails florence forgotten an god of war hitman 2 into the breach monster hunter worlds paratopic red dead redemption 2 return of the auburden slay the spire tetris effect and vampire That's a good list it's a very good list uh okay we are back uh if you are just joining us olivier and i have compiled a list of the oh let's find out i want to say 17 or so the 18 best games of 2018 uh, and those games are as follows celeste donut county dragon ball fighter z or fighters dragon quest 11 everything is going to be okay far lone sails florence forgotten an god of war hitman 2 into the breach monster hunter worlds Paratopic, Red Dead Redemption Two, Return of the Obra Slay the Spire, Tetris Effect, and Vampire. And now, we're gonna take these eighteen games, yeah. cut eight of them, yeah, for the spirit of argument, and make a collective top ten list before uh, talking to each other about our personal top tens.
1: Yep. How do you think we go at this? What's um, the best way for you?
0: Okay. Before before we go at this in uh, to actually cut a game. I don't think we mentioned that uh, if we are mean to games, it is purely for the sake of um, yeah I, argument. That, like, anything we've talked about is a game worth talking
1: about, yeah, which I, says something. At that point, it's all game... It's not all game I like, but, like, it's all game I think are worth talking about and are worth ex- experiencing for themselves. So, yeah, if I talk down on a game, and I'm very mean to... What's your favorite game of the year? <laughs> it's not because I think it's not worth liking. It's just because I need to... To insult my game. Yeah, yeah. I, get, I get it. I understand.
0: I also want to say, just generally speaking, for this year, for 2018, this has been a year for me that has all been about role-playing games, and not RPGs and in the genre and the way that we think about it, but role-playing games as in to play improv, uh, and to sort of like take on a role and become a character in a way that hasn't been the case other years for me uh everything that i most of the games I have found most interesting this year are ones that have me inhabiting a character in new ways and then just to expand a little bit further, I also wanna commend this year for um camera work in games i I haven't thought about I have not thought about cameras. Collectively, in games as much as I have this year. like There are ins- individual moments where something is done badly or especially well and we'll always commend that stuff. But this year, a lot of these games have been about letting me be unique characters and letting me control the camera or having the camera controlled for me in unique and interesting ways. <laughs> I'm so very
1: angry right now. Uh, that's basically a podcast subtweet that he basically did and he was insulting me With his eyes, (laughs) obviously, you couldn't see that. I feel, uh, okay, I feel there's a few games on there that we both agree on, that we're pretty sure are going to make the top 10, and we could put those aside. There's like, I think, three games, I'm pretty sure, about. Okay, uh, let me guess the first one. Okay.
0: Red Dead Redemption 2. No. Excuse me? (laughs) Come again? Uh, Okay. On all that list. Being facetious aside. Yeah. Uh, what are the three games that you are thinking of that you and i agree are among the 10 best of the year i think florence is yes florence is unquestionably one of the 10 best
1: games of yeah this year. also it's a game i gifted to people that don't play game at all and they loved it
0: yeah I, I, me too it's i i queued it up right away before the holidays just saying
1: you gotta have this you gotta have this yeah and i think that's very important to make game accessible and i i mean there's there's probably accessibility problem with that game. not Everybody can use a touchscreen, of course, but I mean, it, anybody with a smartphone can play that game for three bucks and it's one of the most memorable moment of the year, like one of the most memorable experience I had this year in video game and in all media. So I think it's important and like it doesn't ask anything, any knowledge of game from the player. I think you're going to get more out of it if you know like game design because like you see how impressive it, Oh impressively to use game design to convey emotion, uh, but like you don't need to know much about video game to play this thing.
0: A hundred percent agreed on all counts. Yeah. I am now curious what other games you think. I think
1: Obradin. Return thing. of the
0: Alberdin is one of the ten best video games of twenty eighteen. And you said that there were three. Yeah,
1: I think everything's going to be okay. It's gonna be a top ten.
0: Everything is going to be okay. I would agree. Okay. I was going to be a jerk and not agree just for the sake of it. But yes, I completely agree. Uh, we didn't well, talk. Well, everything's going to be okay. I'm going to put on this. I like everything's going to be okay. Okay. A lot.
1: Okay. But um. But like you might see cutting it for another game. We'll see how this develops. Okay. So, okay. Um, we didn't talk much about that one, uh, but whatever. We'll talk more about it okay let's talk about the other two the other two here really quickly uh
0: return of the Aberdeen, you play an insurance claims adjuster who is inspecting a basically a ghost ship we'll say yeah. because everyone aboard largely everyone aboard has seemingly been killed and you're investigating them one by one and trying to figure out who was alive and how they died and uh assigning a value to their life's worth uh, and that whole thing and this is a spoiler everything we say has spoilers included that thing um unravels into the mystical very quickly and
1: it's uh truly impressive yeah and uh, well it it'll unravel in the mystical but you have a magic watch from the beginning that lets you see the last moment of a person before they're dead and it's like a 3d painting it's a tableau like there's no movement at all like it's fixed when the people die and um it's how you interact with the world you just go see a body and then like use your magic watch to see the last person moment before their death and uh, from that you have this big book where you need to fill all the person died uh, from a list of options did did
0: we also did we say that it is a 19th century game because that seems crucial i don't think we said that
1: okay but no we said it. yeah from a big list of options you need to determine uh, three things who that person is how they died and if somebody killed them like who killed them so sometimes it's just two things sometimes it's three things and there's like too many options to guess in a way, so it makes just guessing around somewhat impossible, except in a few cases. And the game won't conf- won't confirm uh, your guesses uh, until you have a three perfect solution figured out, which again uh, doesn't let you do random guesses all the time.
0: Yeah, and everything is going to be okay. Is um, hard to explain. Hard to explain. Absolutely, it's a. Okay, I'm, I'm, let's get into it. Not unlike Wolfenstein last year, Everything's Going to Be Okay feels like a decidedly of-today game. Yeah. Uh, so whereas last year I felt like Wolfenstein needed to be on my list because it felt so much like something I needed to play in 2017. It's the game that I needed when I needed it. Everything's Going to Be Okay feels very much to me like a 2018 game in that it is this incredibly cynical, just complete teardown of internet culture and everything going on online today
1: it's super overwhelming uh it's very hard to explain how the game works but it works as like kind of as a subversion of a computer desktop so it looks like a computer desktop that's like on the edge of crashing and you have a lot of icons and every icons you can click on will open what's basically a little interactive scene with little cute animal that the very real thing about what's happening right now in internet culture or in dating or in like messaging your parents or in basically everything that could happen to you
0: and so that that having the cute animals compared with this really um really eclectic sort of computer interface it feels like being a, like a little kid turning on the tv and seeing something that you aren't supposed to see yeah. like it has this really upsetting uncanny valley effect that uh anyway it's it's very unsettling and effective
1: uh that game was a little much for me like i really love that game but like i can't play it for a long stretch of time which is fine because like the game everything's open from the get-go like it's it's just a bunch of icons, and you choose which one you can you want to see and you can quit it in time and like get back and check the other icon so it's fine but like it's so like the sound is a lot the graphic are very aggressive and, like, even the voices of the character are, like, very grating in a a way. It's a
0: super aggressive game.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's super aggressive. Uh, So, yeah, it's a lot. And, um, I mean, it talks a lot about anxiety and that kind of stuff. And it made me very anxious, but also like, it's, I don't know, it feels very raw and real in a way I really appreciate and it's the most, it's very unique which is also something I really appreciate in a video game. And just to say, like uh, that person, Alien Mano, or Dev name, made two other very small games this year that are also subversion. Uh, one of um, one is a love story between two of your files on your computer, and it's a little small thing. And another one is a, a virus scanner that will take file from your computer and put them in a prison file, basically. And you have to like give. Those program a lot of permission on Mac if you want them to work because like Apple shit is doesn't computer. want yeah uh, it's very small and it's not like we're talking about in the context of top ten game like it they're more like I think she sold them for a buck uh, they're free but like she recommend to pay bucks to to play them like the idea of subverting how we interact with those computer it, and it it completely
0: it, and totally gets how people our age and younger use the internet and how they use it wrong yeah. in some cases. Yeah, I, I wrote down a couple quotes. I'm just gonna read them because I think they're interesting. Uh, there's a quote, at some point, one of these cute bunnies says, the internet is, maybe it wasn't a cute bunny, but anyway, at some point it says, the internet is an invasive parasite that requires the minds of human hosts to keep populating it with content. And that stuff resonates so much. This completely, like, like the, the change from calling articles or videos exactly that and changing the language to have it be content like everything you're doing is feeding the beast other quotes i have include do you do commissions how about working for exposure and then like it's it's this frog it's this bunny saying that to a frog who looks like it's just dying and it's like playing these musical notes out of it and the bunny's like well yeah but what if you did this i I have good ideas for how you'll make money and how you'll brand yourself and how anyway it's really
1: a lot yeah i don't have quotes but one of my personal uh favorite was uh you're playing this cute character and there's two other cute characters that tells you that you should be out there dating on dating website basically and they're all always repeat oh i i have this friend and met someone on dating website and it's just like it's not the website it's how you how you present yourself and all that shit and they basically ask you to change who you are to be data bold in a way and like it's very overwhelming and aggressive and just like it's content those characters are constantly telling you that like you're not you're not who you should be but like they come at it in um they think they're doing the good thing for you and they're absolutely not, but they think, like, they're doing, like, the best thing they could do to help you be a happy person. And, like, it shows, like Raf said, how, like, the internet kind of parasitized some element of our life. That,
0: that it, it, it's this, um, like, death by a million blows. It's like anxiety by, like, slowly chipping away at everything that, yeah like, who you are. Anyway, I, I loved this game quite a bit. Yeah, yeah it's great. Okay okay going back to our bigger list where we've now narrowed it down so we can only keep seven more of these games we have to delete some others when i look at this list i don't know how we proceed we we've narrowed we've narrowed this list too much already like i feel like in other years we've had a bigger list to start chipping away at things whereas everything on here i know is everything i would delete on here is something that i know you feel strongly about yeah i put um i put tetris effect on here basically just to say that this is among one of the better games this year i i think we should take it off i don't think tetris effect is one of the 10 best games of the year i um i really do like a lot about what this game is doing and and for a long time i was kind of forced to feeding it to myself trying to say like no no this is special because i couldn't stop thinking about it like it does sort of get in your head but really the the thing that works the most about the tetris effect is that there is this hour hour and a half long journey mode where you are just being taken from one vignette to another and you're just playing tetris but you know this game is interesting in the way that you know every time you rotate a tetris piece it'll give you different sound effects to correspond to the music and the tetris pieces themselves take on an aesthetic touch that matches the environment and and it plays a lot like you know or it, it feels a lot like playing lumens or um Medios or even um what's the other one i love uh child of eden oh right. <laughs> so it it embodies a lot of that stuff I love it's just it's not my favorite one of those games and I think the the I just think ultimately like I didn't have as much fun playing Tetris I didn't find myself the whole point of this is the Tetris effect is that you're supposed to feel completely zen and zoned into this this game and it's maybe the least I have felt that from from his games
1: Tetris stresses me out personally like I don't feel (laughs) I don't think it's zen at all compared to Luminous or I haven't played Menteos but yeah, like,
0: like, but even this year like i played so much lumens and i was so like a full body experience playing that game yeah not even the vr tetris but just playing that and then like beaming just completely smiling with every different song change because how, how how um overwhelming it is and just like the effects and the sounds and the flashing and the vibrance of it and tetris has a lot of that i just don't think it does it the best of any of them so
1: okay so you remove that one i'm gonna also give one Monster Hunter is not even on my list. Oh thank God. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I just wanna talk a little about oh, it. So Monster what a Hunter relief. is like it's a longstanding series, but it's like the first it's the first big console one of those in a long time, because it's been a while that there's been a Monster Hunter on one of the main console. It was always on portable system. Uh, it's also the most streamlined one they had in a long while, which made it one of the biggest success ever for Capcom in the US. And uh, I think it's a very interesting game in that, uh, very similar to a game like Hitman, it just has not an open world, but it has very open map with a lot of systems that interacts with them, and that can go in a lot of different crazy way. I'm just going to say, like, one of the best gaming moment of the year for me was in monster hunter world i was fighting one motherfucking dragon on top of a fucking mountain and another dragon came in and we started fighting two motherfucking dragon on top of a fucking mountain and then a t-rex came in and we were fighting three motherfucking monster on top of a fucking mountain and then like the ground just completely fell or i don't know a big wave came in and all my little character and two dragon and a t-rex we all tumbled on this big ass mountain and it's just it just happens because it lets those system interacts with with each other without like scripting them like i know the first time you see a dragon like picking up a t-rex and fighting with it it's scripted but like most of the time it's just like giving you this big area and telling you like let's go and like stuff will happen crazy stuff will happen and uh, you'll have to deal with it the way you find and I think that's super interesting I think the weapons I've tried in that game are like very uh, rewarding to play with like there I have a lot of depth I was playing with the long sword for a long time and I played a lot of this game and I feel I felt myself getting better for a lot of the game it's very repetitive which is its biggest flaw at the end of the day uh but like if you just like feeling like you're getting better at it you will get the draw comes from from there
0: yeah and and, and i'm also i just need to say i'm saying thank god more because i don't want to fight with you at monster hunter versus these other games i i do like monster hunter quite a bit and i i like that franchise period yeah uh for me the only reason it didn't resonate any more than anything else is because it's iterative yeah. You know,
1: uh, yeah also like i know it's way more streamlined than the other monster hunter but i feel like it's a game i love by virtue of it being the first monster hunter i got invested in like i feel like if i got in the ps2 era i would have loved those games anyway. i mean
0: it's also like a mario kart kind of thing where i feel like this is the best monster hunter probably because it's the newest monster hunter yeah, that's and, it. you know and the next time out hopefully they'll figure out the online more so that it's a little bit better put together and yeah. and we'll see
1: and now we're fucking stuck
0: And now we're stuck okay we need to collect seven more games out of 13 games yeah we need to delete six of these games i don't think that donut county is one of the best games of the year
1: i can agree with that i really like donut county
0: i i also i like it i have a lot of respect for donut county absolutely um donut county is basically a katamari game um but it would work on console or iOS. You're moving a small hole around, collecting objects, and the hole gets larger and larger as you swallow up more people. And the writing in it is adorable and cute. And I, I strongly, I recommended this to a lot of people too. I think yeah. people should play Donut County for sure. It's
1: very accessible to. Uh, I've heard a lot. I'm not a parent, but I've learned. I've heard a lot of people with kids saying it's a great game for kids, and I feel it probably must be true. Yeah. I think like raf said it that the story around is very cute but like it's very worth saying that the story is one of the big draw of the game if you like that kind of internet humor i guess uh, which i do i really liked it i don't think it's gonna hang in there like we're gonna argue too much if i
0: i, I also want to say that there's a little bit of me that wants to see it stick around if only because only for the same reason as threes versus 2048 where hole.io came out and completely just stole the mechanics of yeah. donut county and donut county is so much better and whole.io being a .io game is a free game so that grinds my gears
1: yeah uh it's not the only one uh, that year i see a lot of people in the subway playing a copy of hold down that pisses me off a lot because like i just from seeing the copy i don't know what's the name i'm whatever it's not worth mentioning but just from seeing it it's obvious that it's a worse game because like it doesn't have any personality there's a big ad at the bottom but also like how oh, the physics of the balls works It's just or, worse It's just worse
0: i don't know if i've told you this but i'm i am deeply addicted to uh, hold down okay. at present
1: <laughs> we didn't talk about that game because like it's a mobile thing that we're going to forget about in 2 months and like
0: but... yeah it's it's very uh, it's fun right now it's it's a real abnegation yeah
1: that's thing, it. but... like it's like peggle yeah
0: and i i like it yeah i guess i like it as much as peggle like it's if peggle had come out today and hold down had come out 10 years ago
1: yeah, I, I would. Do we like God of War that much?
0: I'm not ready to lose God of War yet.
1: Okay, <laughs> really? I'm surprised. <laughs>
0: not yet. I I put no. Let's make a harder cut. Okay, no, no. Okay, I Dragon Ball Fighters is not gonna hang. No, uh, awesome. Dragon Ball Fighters though is
1: awesome. Yeah, it's awesome for like, <laughs> unless you're like. kind of player that's gonna go to evo like it's the best game ever for four hours it's so cool though (laughs)
0: it just looks unreal i i I keep putting it on every once in a while just to play like one fight just to go click a bunch of buttons and have special moves pop off
1: and they look they look great one of my favorite thing about this game is like also the it's like the super hexagon effect that's an outside person looking at this game it's not gonna understand what the fuck is going on it's total gibberish yeah
0: 100 (laughs) percent. and i i love the um i think we talked about this when we were playing it back in january but i really love the how many versions of the button it has that is just clear space right like the press two buttons and you teleport to someone or press two buttons and you back away from someone or press two buttons and you zoom to someone it's cool
1: and like just knowing those buttons enough like i'm not a good i'm never gonna learn complicated combo but like just knowing those clear space action made it enough to play the main game yeah i didn't know i didn't need to know a combo to like no, oh, I need to take some. I need to clear some space and hang back, and then I need to go in after because like Raf is tired or something. Yeah, whatever. it's fun. It's fun. It's very fun. Game. Okay, so, we're making
0: progress. We're making. Look at us being so friendly.
1: Yeah, sure. Like I know Red Dead Redemption is gonna make it
0: you sure as hell do
1: (laughs) (laughs) you can put it down there for the record i don't think red dead redemption 2 is a good game
0: uh red dead redemption 2 is a staggering achievement in the field of video games in overworking (laughs) your (laughs) workforce (laughs) that's true of uh
1: yeah most video yeah. games that's an industry problem this that's not a redemption say, like, problem. yeah this is very unfair to say it's a work star you know, rockstar problem when you know it happens to all the other triple a games yeah.
0: like if you don't think that people getting work or are being overworked on assassin's creed yeah like that's crazy like those games you know i'm not saying it's good and you know what it's worth calling out these sure. more of these stories should come out so that we can call out everybody
1: on these problems yeah but- but, like, th- that's unfair to just take Rockstar to bad yeah. for for this when we have God of War also on the list.
0: that and... must, yeah. Yeah, that must
1: have had the same thing. Are you really going to fight for Dragon Quest Eleven that much? No. Okay.
0: <laughs> I, I, I like Dragon Quest Eleven. I, I like that game,
1: too. This really my biggest problem with the game is the music. I just can't get over all... Like, the recording is awful, and it's always the same fucking music track. Everywhere and it just rubs it. It rubs this game so much of its personality. a way to have always the same track in every town and like it's, it's funny because
0: I think the music is very good. In concept, it is,
1: but like the recording, it's is just bad. a bad. Yeah, it's yeah. weird.
0: Um, I I thoroughly enjoy that game for the same reason I like. Excuse me, uh Dragon Quest Eight. I think that um, that game is very. It's just a very true. It's very true to itself. I think that game doesn't have a zillion bolted on systems that are supposed to make it supposed to like trick the player into thinking the game is more elevated than it is. Yeah. Like this is a core JRPG. The systems are fun and their work, uh, they work and it's very much a less is more thing.
1: And we're talking about the structure of Nino Kuni to like rubs it like a hundred percent destroy yeah. the game at the end. And it's not a problem. in Dragon Quest 11, the game is way too slow for me at the time. Like it's, I don't know, it took me 10 hours before I saw that, like, there were a world map or something. And, like, I don't know. Like, it, it just takes a lot of time to to get going. But still, like, this game, uh, I don't know what's coming next. Like, it's not going to be a town on the same... It's not going to be a ton of dungeon, a ton of dungeon, and a yeah. few side quests. And, like, and, and you know what?
0: And... Like, it, it really is... And we, we talked about this a little bit just, like, in text uh, while we were playing it. But, like, it is just... It's D&D... JRPG, like it, it is, it is using those systems in the way that Final Fantasy One did, uh, and it feels good. Like when you level up in this game, you level up, you're more powerful, you do more damage, the numbers are bigger. Like it's not
1: trying to obfuscate right. everything. Oh, uh, it doesn't need to change or less, but it made me realize we didn't talk about Octopath Traveler at all, which is not a game I love, which is JRPG, the number game. It's a JRPG game with one hour boss fight that are very grueling and where the numbers are all 15,362. Yeah. Dragon Quest is like, oh you're level 20, man. Wow. You're... Wow, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, if you like those kind of JRPGs, Octopath is maybe for you. I fucking hate the story in that game though, so take that into account. I just wanted to say maybe we should have noted that game. Whatever. We're cutting Dragon Quest
0: Quest Uh No, I want to keep talking about it, though, before we do. Okay. I-, I also want to say that as much as I like a lot of the stuff about it, um, another thing I like, I like that the world is all super high-rendered, realistic graphics and textures, except for the characters. I think it has a really cool effect to it. Yeah, it has a cool look. Um, I hate the fact that once you finally have the whole team, it's very clear that the woman that you get last is the most competent person on that team, but she's still relegated to... Like playing second fiddle to the hero who doesn't talk and say anything, it really just pisses me off and rubs me the wrong way.
1: Yeah, I I turn around on the hero not talking. I can't. I hated it at the beginning, but I told Raph I see the hero as this very dumb person that <laughs> is not understanding what's going on around him. Like he's just there because people tell him he should, and it just made the game. And he's just
0: <laughs> like he's just kind of stone faced the whole time. Just made the game much funnier to me. Um. I love that there is a haiku town in that game where everyone right. speaks in haikus. I hate that there is a racist Italian town in that game where people go mamma mia what's going on and like <laughs> that really pissed me off. Uh, <laughs> There's, like, anyway, whatever, it's the things yeah. about Dragon Quest I have
1: noted. <laughs> yeah, sure, and like
0: uh, Silvano,
1: which is the queer character, like you don't know on which... Yeah, like, you
0: don't know whether or not they're trying to insult him or compliment him. He's yeah. very strong. Yeah, but... well,
1: he's very cool. Um, yeah, there's good stuff in the game. Well, one thing I would say also is that this game doesn't... It has those JRPG cliché where you have your character that is the healer and whatever... But it also, it also convey a lot of the personality of the character to the abilities they have in combat, in a way. Like, yeah. all the characters in Inno Kunis are their archetype. Their regular archetype, where we were talking about Silvano in the right quest. He has all the boosting support spell, because, like, he's always telling you you're the best and you can do it. And that's why, in combat, he has those spells, and that makes sense. And he's not a bad fighter, like, not... He doesn't have those spell and then is a mage and then he cannot like fight in combat because like his character would be unbalanced that way. They just like the personality of the character is more important than the gameplay balance. Yeah. I think that's cool.
0: I like that game. It's good.
1: Uh, I thought it might be on my top 10 for a very
0: long time. I don't know what we could conceivably cut here. Um, I, I, like, I, I could tell
1: you what I would cut. I don't think Hitman 2 belongs on this list. I think Hitman 2 is the best AAA game of the year, and it's not even AAA. Can you explain to
0: me what
1: it is you like about Hitman
0: 2 outside of... I, I think the humor is, like, great.
1: Yeah, I think it's, like, kind of a mistake of saying it's more of the same. It's obviously more of the same than the first game, like, because, like, it runs on the same engine, so much so that you can integrate the first and second game in the same package. It was obviously meant to be an episodic package that, like, didn't work out when they, well... Like Square Enix sold the studio basically and Warner Brother bought the right back to publish the game and anyway it was meant to be episodic and it was released as a full game and it shows and I, I think the interface is very clunky because of it but whatever that's neither here nor there. Uh, what I really like about this game is that uh, it feels well like I said for Monster Hunter it lets me play whenever I want and it's just a lot of very loose system that like were. There's scripting in this game but all the scripting is very loose in a way. If you do this thing, this character is gonna go there and it lets you play with those system a lot, the way you want. And it lets you create your own challenge, but like by doing the challenge and the mission it becomes this weird like a point and click game, you end up knowing those area a lot and exploring those area a lot and getting a lot of the story by seeing the same events from different perspectives, like at the end, like I did all uh, the masteries in this game, so I played the map until I was full level on all the map. So like you're gonna start. Let's say the first map in the game is a um, race car uh, racing event. The first map is a racing event, and you're like just a random person there. But like when you get level up in this map, when you finish the map once, you get XP that lets you unlock new stuff. You can start as a doctor. And then you see how everything starts out from the perspective of the doctor, and then you can start as a scientist later, and you see how it started out, everything happens from the perspective of the sciences, and having the challenge become these zone puzzle. Like you get a challenge that is one is like push. You have two targets in the race, in the racing event map. You have, and one of the challenges push, one of the targets, so he falls on the car on a raceway and the car crashes and like it seems impossible at first but by doing those other challenges you see you start seeing point of interest for the other challenge you're going to have to do so it creates this weird it's like a massive puzzle box where you're not going to find all the solution but you're going to see enough of each of all solution so you...
0: do you turn off the notifications no. on it? No, no but
1: that's the thing there's they show you six story for each map, but really there's more than six. Like this pushing the the one character on the other is not a story mission. It doesn't tell you how to do it, but you get the whole cut scene thing when you finish it because like you did in here, it's a story mission. Uh, so there's more than the story mission they show you. You basically do the first one, which are very interesting.
0: And okay, I want I have another question. You are not looking at a guide for
1: these, no, no, you are doing them organically, yeah. I never had to look at a guide. I didn't do all of them except on the first map, but the first map is very, very small, so it's easier i You don't need to do all of them to get full mastery. There are some that I don't know how to get, but like it just gives you enough that you manage to find enough to get to full mastery without finding them all, and just unlocking those puzzles felt like the most like I felt like um. As I said, a point-and-click game where you feel you end up knowing the place in, in this uh, lived-in place. And as I said, like, it's very funny. I, I think that the, the tone is pitch-perfect and uh, how it lets you create your own bullshit your own way is, like, it's very so, It's
0: so funny because, like, I, I really respect this game. I just, I almost feel like I don't know how to play it. Like, I understand... Nah. I understand. I'm, I I can play it. Like I can go and get a kill, and I can progress to the next area, and I can get all this stuff. But I almost feel like I'm not equipped to engage with it the way you're describing. Like I don't. I I sort of feel like, and I feel so silly for saying this, but I almost feel like I start an area and go like, okay, now what? And then I go to the quest markers yeah. and I do the quest thing, and then I just, go, all right, I got just it.
1: Uh, one example I'm gonna say is the in the third uh, fort map, the third map that's not the that story on map, basically, uh, which is Mumbai, I think, as one of the most interesting quests of the game, where there's another assassin in the place, and you can set him up to kill your target, like you're not touching your target at all, you're just like setting events up to kill the other target in the map, but. Uh, the story mission will just show you how we can kill one of your target, but in the challenge so make the assassin kill that target and make the assassin meet basically there's three targets one of the target paid the assassin to kill the other two so you can use the assassin to kill the other two targets and then the assassin's going to meet the third target and it's create the opening for you to kill the third target and that's not a story mission the story mission is only the first target but like you do the first and then it open- you seen a challenge that you can use in to do the other two target and like just by doing the first it gives you enough tool to get you a little bit further doing the other target. Where I can agree this game has some issues is that when I played it at first I didn't save scum at all. I, I kinda like the chaos when thing goes wrong and you have to manage to find a way to uh finish your target even if everything went to shit and like uh, you're like compromised everywhere and you just need to start shooting people and as I said to RAF. I sent bombs in a crowd because my target was in a crowd and I was compromised and I felt very bad and that was super weird like I don't know this game gets weird but it gets away with it because of the tone like we said together that being said when I was doing the challenge uh, there might be a lot of saves coming in involved and that can yeah. get boring like it's stuff like um like you need your target to be in a very specific spot so you always save a minute before it arrives so you're sure you're gonna push them on on the right spot and sometimes like they're a little loose and i think it's better than when sometimes they're not and they're very precise and then it can get frustrating it's my biggest problem with the game and the thing i wanted to say as i said at the beginning a lot of people are saying it's just more of the same but i think the map in this game are way better, like miles better than the first game maps, which is why I think it's a much better game than the first is, basically. If you do a feature list, like that game looks lesser than the first one because they don't have cutscene, they have one less map than the last game and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I think it's just a much better game to play because all the map are good to fucking great. I
0: really am sitting here just trying to wrap my brain around I'm frustrated that I don't like this game more than I do. But you're playing it as largely an adventure game, not as a stealth action game. Yeah,
1: it's not a stealth action game. But, like, it can turn to one when things goes to shit.
0: And then do you feel like you have the tools to escape those situations that are not you, just like... oh, you,
1: you know. Yeah, sure. Like, as soon as you... Unless, like, all the costumes are compromised in the map. But, like... You just go get another costume. As yeah. soon as you manage to get another costume and they... Like we're going to talk about Red Dead, but, like, Hitman goes with you whatever you do, like, it just... And it's one of the reasons why the AI end up being not realistic at all and they feel like robots. Like, it feels like a world lived in by robots because they all react in a very predictable way that you can gamify. Like, you know, if you throw a coin there, they're going to react this way. And, like, the hardest thing about the game is learning how the AI is going to react to you I feel it's the hump you have to get over to enjoy the game and probably where you're at. That being said, like, I just find it so cool a game that never gives me a fell state until I'm dead, until I really fell. But like, if I get seen by the target, like instead the target's gonna run away and their guard are gonna like, f- flank her or flank him and you're gonna have to find a new way to get to the place where the target ran and manage to find a new solution. I think that's cool that like you have to deal with that fucking stuff uh, all the time and always think on your feet and interact with this world in like unexpected ways.
0: It's a very compelling argument.
1: I really like this game. It, it, I'm not kidding. It's my it's it's the the, the highest I high budget game on my list.
0: Uh, I mean that's absurd. Okay, I think that we are probably keeping Hitman two on this list although i'm not ready to move it down for the moment it might get cut i i I mean i'll be very candid and i i don't know i don't know where you're at with it but every single game on my top 10 (laughs) is currently on this list uh like among our on the page we're looking at
1: okay i think i cut at least one
0: you cut at least one yeah which one was that should i say yeah
1: yeah donut county is my number 10 okay didn't feel bad about that one i'm like i'm gonna say I have maybe like six number ten that was changing around a lot and uh I don't know. It ended up being Donut County because I really like that game and I feel I felt like it's slight but I needed breezy thing that didn't make me frustrated this year and uh, a lot of the other games that were in the eleventh spot made me frustrated in a way. That Donut County didn't. So Hmm. I think okay. I think we love Paratopic both and I think we can say it's gonna stay there okay <laughs> I, love you. I thought you were gonna try and cut it paratopic is one of the best games of the year by a mile
0: okay good i i completely completely agree with you i'm glad that you like it so much i for a second i thought you were about to cut it i thought you were I, about to say we love paratopic. i didn't
1: expect to like paratopic as much as i did
0: a uh, paratopic is
1: fabulous yeah
0: uh, it's it's absolutely one of the 10 best games of the year. Like, it's no contest. Um, the there's probably a of
1: the lot of people screaming at us. Uh, well, there's right pro- now, I you think, think you most go- people listen this are like, what the fuck is Paratopic?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the answer. Paratopic is excellent, excellent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so happy. I feel so good about this. I really like the five games we have down there right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very bad about giving you Red Dead Redemption from the get-go, but like it, I, I cannot fight against it
0: okay you have eight thousand hours on slay the spire i do and therefore Therefore, (laughs) it must be pretty good
1: it's pretty good i think okay one thing slay the spire and to the breach does uh do both those games do one very smart thing that i think is kind of new for the road like jar maybe not new but like a very smartly designed choice is that uh the NPCs are not playing the same game as you and they play a game that you can predict and then you can play reactively to them. So in Slate Aspire, it always tells you what the enemy is going to do in its turn. and in Into the Breach is that the enemy, your character move then attack, the enemy's attack then move. So you know where they're going to attack at the beginning of their turn so you can play reactively to their turn. So it changes those build game in kind of a puzzle on how to optimize your turn against what the enemy is doing. And I think that's super smart. Another thing I love about Slate Spire is that it involves... Uh, basically, it's a deck-building roguelike that every time you kill an enemy, you get you get to choose from a selection of card a card to add to your deck. And uh, it integrates the randomness of booster packs in a uh, deck-building game without being shitty about it, like Artifact is. Basically, it just... It, it gives you the opportunity to create decks that are not perfect because you're not gonna get the cards you really want all the time and i have to play with them but like the game is not unfair because of it like you're not gonna encounter somebody that paid more money to play the game than you and like it's better than you because of it so i really like ccg and tcg but i don't like playing them because like you always play with someone that paid more money than you and then you feel you should pay more money than them and this game doesn't have any of those problems because you you're playing about against an AI and it lets you it lets you having overpowered deck and like nobody's going to get angry because your deck is overpowered because you're just fighting a computer and the game's set up that way that you just got lucky and you got overpowered and lets you have underpowered deck and manage with them and it feels like an impressive achievement so there's an an amount of randomness in every run that i think makes every run interesting and unlike uh, that's all i think this run are interesting from the get-go because from the get-go you're doing choices that Are gonna influence you later in the game, and from the get go, the enemies are important. Like, you cannot just play dumb with the enemy from the beginning. So, it makes replaying that game more interesting.
0: There's also something very satisfying about it, almost the way, like, Puzzle Quest was. It was just always feels so good every time you click and engage with pretty much anything in the game. My criticism, obviously, of the Spire, would, or my criticism in the context of a 10 best games of the year list is that it strikes me as something that is very um abnegation fueled
1: it it totally is
0: and that therefore it might not be (laughs) might not be something that you need to put on a podium and uh and compliment in quite the same way some of these other games yeah i feel
1: i feel you're gonna look at my top and you're gonna realize i have more abnegation fueled (laughs) game this year than i have most year because uh i don't know i feel some of the story game didn't hit quite as much this year and as they did last year. Some of the big story game. I I Uh, don't disagree. Uh,
0: uh, It's been a very weird year. Yeah. Yeah, just generally speaking, it's been a weird year. I had a hard time getting to 10 that I felt uh, immensely passionately about. Like, and it's you talking about the same thing of having a bunch of number 10s and kind of like rotating between them and then a bunch of number 11s and you're kind of like, oh, maybe this one's a little bit better. Like I said, Dragon Quest and Dragon Ball Fighters were on my list for a while and just kind of me going, yeah, but do I, as cool as Dragon Ball is, is it, do i care passionately about it (sighs) i really don't know where to go from here you wanted to cut god of war yes i think god of war is uh very impressive
1: um it really is
0: yeah Uh, and i i really like the directing in god of war and not not the gimmick per se like not necessarily the way that it has the single camera shot or something it's really for me in like a lot of the smaller moments the um or even you know what no the bigger moments, like, no, the, it, like the, the combat itself is incredibly well produced and tied together. Yeah. It's everything coming together under a single banner is what God of War does really well.
1: When you we were talking about oh, you were interested in camera this year, uh, I think it's the game where it works for me. Like there's another game you're arguing about in this uh, category. I think uh, it's a game where I found the camera work interesting. I don't think the gimmick works partly because there's menus and, like, it's kind of dumb, but, like, if you're supposed to have one take where why fucking cut it with menus? And the menus in this game are way too... uh, Menus are the worst part of this game. Are the worst part of this game, but I feel they should have been in camera like uh, uh, Dead Space does. Yeah, I I agree. agree. uh, That being said, they would have been even worse that way, so maybe it's why they didn't do it that way, but they should have removed most of the loot in that game. I It's probably, like, I... I totally ate that game. Like, I finished it probably in a week and then got a platinum a week after. Oh, you
0: got a platinum in that game? Hold on. I I, I looked at the guide to do it. I I turned really sour on it after I finished it. But that's it. Yeah.
1: I turned really sour on it after I got my platinum, though. Like, it's my problem. For me,
0: it was navigating the world. It was trying to go back and do anything, and I realized how... So what I really like about God of War is a lot of the stuff I really liked about Uncharted Lost Legacy. I like that it sort of splits the difference between giving you a, giving people who want it a very content-rich, open-world type game, and then also is like a decidedly linear game. And so for me as a player, I just wanted to engage with the linear aspects of the game. So then going back and trying to do some of that platinum-type stuff,
1: I was just like, no, 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 absolutely not.
0: I hate the way this character moves in the open world.
1: Right i agree i shouldn't have done the platinum i don't know why i did it basically because there were no other game i wanted to play at the time and i it was kind of this feeling that i need to play more god of war because i really liked it but um it's also a thing that uh i really like the story in the moment but i don't think thinking back on it it's a such a great story
0: it has um there are a lot and again talking about like the direction in this game or, like, the choices that are made. The choices. Like, whoever's at the top, the creative director will say, like, I really love, for example, that it's it's building up to Kratos revealing to Art, uh, Atreus that he is a god. And I like that it is done in the most casual sort of, like, they just, they climb down a cliff and Kratos is like, that's it, I gotta rip off this band-aid. You're a god. And that's it. Like, it's such a insignificant moment in the story. It's not an epic moment. It's just, this is when the character, this father, decided that he was Willing to have this chat, and it was, uh, it felt very human in that way. That's the stuff that works in the story. It's the camera pulling over and Kratos talking to the talking to his, you know, ghosts, the ghosts of his past I, as he's, you know, traveling back with the blades and all that. It's, those are the things that that work. moment's
1: super strong. I just don't think it has all, it's super memorable. I, I kind of soared on it because like it's, it's the perfect triple A prestige game and it's winning all the awards because like, and it's it's been Sony shtick for a while, uh, with Spider-Man 2 and with the Uncharted game, they, they nail what a prestige game that the critic and the audience will like both. And I feel it's kind of hollow at the end of the day, like it's not. Uh, yeah,
0: I was also frustrated that it was winning all these awards, but for me, it's sort of this like, it, it rubs me the wrong way because we'll get a God of War 2 and a God of War 3. Like, by the time they're done with this God of War game, we'll all hate this God of War game. Yeah. But today, it feels really good.
1: It feels really good. Like, it's maybe the second best Republic game of the year. Oh, goodness, uh, no. But... I don't know. I just... Like, may, it's crazy. But because if that game came out in November, maybe I would be arguing for keeping it. But, like, I, it just... As the year one, I, I just kind of forgot about it. For a game that is supposed to be mature, I don't think it really is either. Like it, it's a blockbuster. Yeah, it's it's mature as a blockbuster is, but like the whole God of War, I could take them not seriously because they were fucking stupid. And I don't know, like the the sexism stuff is obviously bad, and the racist stuff is not excusable in the whole game because they're just stupid. But like all the violence never bothered me because like it was fucking stupid violence whereas the um, the problematic element in this game bothered me a little more because like the game is more serious
0: yeah i, I agree on that front uh, yeah absolutely the end of this game is an issue yeah i can uh, i can see letting god of war go okay for our list it it's it's not um it's not high for me Okay. Uh, I, I like God of War quite a bit, all the same. I, I really love the combat, actually. And I love the combat that it... Pl- like, everyone thought this was, oh, they're doing God of War Dark Souls, and that it plays... It's It uses those literal buttons. Yeah. But the, I love the brutality of the combat in this game and the way that it literally feels like a movie, unlike so many other games, because you cannot... Or you're not meant to play it perfectly. Like, you're meant to take punches. You're meant to take hits. It's... Right. It feels cinematic. Like, it doesn't feel like you could... It doesn't feel like you are made to perfect... a given fight
1: and and it's where i think the menus become a problem in that game because i feel like this game could have been i feel it has too many moves at the end of the day like the the, some of the old moves i I probably the best player of that game are probably using all the arsenal i don't know but i feel like i just used the same move all over and they felt satisfying the whole game through. like i didn't need to upgrade yeah
0: and the axe like even once i got the blades i was like oh no i just kind of want to use the axe the axe is so much fun yeah and it's a long game 20 hours and still feeling good about that one weapon is yeah it's saying something they they made a really strong game yeah
1: okay we have uh, five game for sure and we have seven games on this list okay this is doable right this is doable we need to cut two i'm gonna give something maybe you're gonna disagree with it but we'll see there's two games that I find two very similar in different way that are Into the Breach and Slate Aspire. I personally prefer Slate Aspire, but I think those games are equals, so I'd be okay cutting Into the Breach. And uh,
0: so I haven't played enough of either of them, realistically. I have. If you were to tell me, you know, pick one of these two, I pick Into the Breach. Like I, Into the Breach is, I, I have so much respect for. Yeah. So much respect for Into the Breach. It's just not really, like, it's not my game. Yeah. But every time I think about it, I, I get a smile on my face. I think it's, a, it's, it's so well designed.
1: Um, uh, in theory, I think it might even be a better game than Slate Aspire. So, like, our top 10 is not going to be objective. I just uh, connected more with the, the CCG element of Slate Aspire. I loved Into the Breach, though. I played 20 hours of the game on my PC and probably another five or six on my Switch because I bought the game twice and I'm going to play more on Switch. Uh, one thing i think it does incredibly is this with this very like pixel art very it doesn't look bad but like very simple aesthetic it mm-hmm. evokes a lot of those mech movies where it has it has all the, 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 the set pieces of those mech movies yeah. but like in very eight bit uh in an eight bit style uh, one one example is that uh you can create when you fight in the desert uh you can create like smoke screen with like uh, if you fire a cannon in a a dune or something it's gonna create a smoke screen that's gonna block the enemy attacks or stuff like that so you like but that's a very visual element of like mech movies that they translate that in a gameplay element and just like it's not about killing the other enemies it's about cancelling their attack and making them move in ways that their attack are not gonna do damage so there's a lot of uh, punching an enemy and then they move back one space and all that stuff and it feels very cinematic while still being an 8-bit looking thing and i think that's very strong
0: into the breach is really cool
1: yeah it's a very strong game but i would be okay covering it.
0: i would also i only because it's not like it's not on my list i you know i i wish it were on my list i want to be just like just like hitman i want to be someone who plays into the breach yeah i also probably had more minute to minute fun playing Sl- slay the spire than into the breach slay the spire is really it's hard not to enjoy that game yeah
1: there's a lot of endorphins going there. yeah there's <laughs>
0: there's definitely a lot of endorphins there's a lot of numbers getting bigger okay
1: so we real we only need to cut one is it
0: yeah um it's probably forgotten ann right
1: yeah, from those I would cut Forgotten Ann. Um, I, I really like that game in spot. I It's one of my eleven game that uh, made me frustrated. I think there's a, maybe a fourth of that game that's kind of bad. But like the rest of it... I, I mean,
0: my, so. the big problem with Forgotten N is that it doesn't... Nothing about its um, game gameplay yeah. informs the fiction or the world at all. Yeah. Like the, the, the game would work just as well with just being branching dialogue and walking like it would work better as probably better as a walking sim
1: i would have preferred it that way
0: yeah so would i that being said it's very
1: good yeah it's very good it's very pretty it has a like we were talking about gris earlier i think that game is as pretty but like way more meaningful than gris is i think the story is super strong in a very um like it's obviously inspired by studio ghibli but like it doesn't it doesn't live in the shadow of Studio Ghibli. It has its own story that works and it's very touching and
0: And like I was talking about role-playing games at the start. Like I actually really like narratively where this game goes and putting you in charge of like you're basically middle management in a slum and then you're making these it's it's the aesthetic of a children's movie. But you're making art But you're making like, yeah, like really visceral and gr- like grueling choices about the people in the world like i i often like i often laughed and then often like got really stressed about the decisions that you're making in that game it's it's really great actually like it's too bad that it's not all the way there
1: yeah but i recommend it to basically anyone that plays games still like as a a storytelling thing it's very strong
0: and then it has the um it like all those decisions that you're making where you're making these grueling choices that they then culminate in that chrono trigger homage yeah,
1: court scene that's <laughs> super strong I, I felt the game uh was a little too long after that that should have been like not the ending but like the turning point that leads yeah. you to the ending and there's a three hour more after that yeah
0: and although i do love that people like continue to sort of even after you you've gotten out of that courtroom. Yeah, they and continue you, to call you on your. They choices. continue to call you out on your bullshit, right. and and there's a line where you say, "Literally, I was following orders." Yeah, and it's it's heart wrenching and tough. Uh, it also has a great soundtrack and, Yep. But like Forgotten, it. It. it's very good. I'm gonna cut it. That's it. That's it. We have ten games. Our ten games of the year in no order: Celeste, Far Lone Sails. Hitman Two, Slay the Spire, Vampire. Florence, Return of the everything Everything's Going to Be Okay, Red Dead Redemption 2, and Paratopic. We, uh, whatever, this this, hap- this has happened before, but we both thought that maybe our lists would be very contradictory. This is largely my list.
1: Yeah, it's largely mine too.
0: Look, we did it. Look at us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All this, we've been throwing shade at each other yeah. for two weeks. <laughs> I mean, we've basically been throwing shade for... Since the day Red Dead Redemption came yeah, <laughs> <the> out, <laughs> uh, that I knew I wasn't going to fight against for it to be a top ten because, like, I knew it wasn't going to happen. I cut two of my games.
0: I also cut two of my games.
1: Perfect. Uh... All cool. equal. We should have done math to do this. Like, just like <laughs> user list and do a math thing. This is. These are very good games.
0: Um, if you take off Hitman Two and Slay the Spire, <laughs> they're the best games. Of the game. <laughs>
1: I'm going to be even nicer if you take out Red Dead Redemption 2, all the nine <laughs> best games of the year. Well, no, because the whole thing falls
0: apart if you take out Red Dead Redemption 2, because Red Dead Redemption 2 is a critical underpinning of the best games of 2018. Oh my
1: fucking god. This is the thing we're not going to agree on. We
0: should have, we, uh, whatever, every, however long this has been, we just double it, and we should just have a Red Dead Redemption 2 podcast where we argue the merits of Red I mean, Dead I,
1: I I don't want to get angry about it and we said most of it and um, we have said nothing no no oh, between I mean, each other between yeah. each other but like we're going to talk about it so i think that this is
0: where all the bloodshed comes to pass yeah it might happen i am though truly relieved at how how amicable yeah it has been sure. so far
1: unless here we were saying we were gonna be at each other's throats, and it never really happened so
0: i forgot about hollow knight though I forgot that Hollow Knight was a game that we disagreed on so profoundly because I completely forgot Hollow Knight existed.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: (laughs) Hollow Knight's fine. Okay. But we don't have to talk about that. Uh, What we do need to talk about is one of the best games of the year, Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, (laughs) Red Dead Redemption 2. One of the things that I think succeeds about it most is that I, I am very often... We, do- we always talk about immersion in games, right? Like, and it's, it's cliche and it's silly and like, it's almost like a thing you're, you're not supposed to talk about when video game critics get together. Yeah. But when you are talking about immersion, I think that almost all of the conversations we have about it revolve around fantasy settings and the way that we become engrossed in, in fantastical worlds and things that could never exist. And this is the first and perhaps only time I can think of where a game is deeply entrenched in realism. And I find it completely transportive
1: uh, and immersive (laughs) I don't have much to say about that like I I don't understand why you find it more you find it more immersive than the first one except that it has better graphics but like at the time of the first Red Dead Redemption it had very good graphic I remember like being in love with just, like, roaming around on my horse in the First Red Dead Redemption one, which is the feeling that the second is also trying to capture, I feel. But, like, it feels...
0: It, it certainly gets a lot out of the excess and production value that it has.
1: Yeah, and I just want to be clear. Like, it's the prettiest game ever made in, like, graphic, realistic graphic. Like, it's the best-looking game on the market right now in the AAA space. Uh, even though on a technical level maybe like god of war does some stuff that this game doesn't but like i think at the end of the day there's an art direction in the realism i I think
0: that it's if the only other game that i think could even begin to go toe-to-toe with it is maybe uncharted 4
1: yeah maybe but yeah i'd have to go
0: look at them side by side i remember uncharted 4 being truly wowing
1: yeah also but like whatever and like I played on PS4, base PS4, and, like, that game has some technical issues with the frame rate and all that stuff. Like, I'm not talking about that, uh, which you didn't have because you played on the Xbox One. I and...
0: wonder how much of our different perspectives is based on this Xbox One I, X thing. I, I don't
1: think so, because, like, I didn't care that much for it. Like, the, the performance issue were not, like, bothering me at all. Like, I was, like, okay with having those issues, considering yeah, how go. pretty the game is. One thing I'm going to say about Red Dead Redemption, um, in comparison to, say, Hitman 2, like, when I'm playing Itman 2, it feels like I'm interacting with robots. They don't act like real people. And it's kind of the fun of it anyway, because like, it lets you interact with them in a very, uh, in way that you can control them. I feel like Red Dead Redemption, on the other hand, feels very realistic. And they feel like human but they feel like human on a script a lot. And I mean, even in the open world, it feels like those whole tiny house that you can visit and like people will like old museum where people will act this thing. And if you do something that's like off the script, they go a little like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) what are we doing now? And like, you're just supposed to be like nice with us and act this way with us and like do that stuff with us. Like you can take your gun out because like that was in the script, but like you cannot do much more than that. And it's one of the way they achieve realism, I feel, is by taking away agency from the player and that rubbed me the wrong way all the way through all the time. If you're uh
0: certainly yeah, if you the second you try and poke at anything
1: Yeah. Yeah, it
0: starts to fall apart.
1: It just can't break.
0: But uh, once you try poking at it once and it starts to break, stop poking at it. But <laughs>
1: Like, quit it. Stop it. it. Like, Play on the game's terms. It's <laughs> a thing, like, listening to other people talking about it and saying it gets even more strict in the mission. Like, in the, we, we could talk hours about the mission design, and that game is very, very linear for an opponent world game. It's not even worth going into details about it. And obviously, after... Like it breaks a few times because you mess it up, you know to not mess up, you know how to follow the script, but it doesn't feel less restrictive because like it, like I didn't get like, a lot of people are always complaining that you get failed state because you just, like, turn left a little much or, like, your horse go crazy or you find an animal that you want to go hunt but you're in a mission so you cannot do it. Like, I've learned very quickly to not do those stupid things and I stopped, like, the game stopped breaking except for, like, this random moment where my horse went sideways or anything like that. But it still felt oppressive in the gameplay that, like, I couldn't do what I wanted that when they gave me a sniper and said go shoot people from that vantage point I couldn't choose my vantage point I had to go to that exact spot that they asked me or the script would break and it made all the gameplay in this game just uninteresting to me like even like we talk a lot a lot of people are saying this game is boring because it lets you do a lot of menial tasks and I like that stuff in idea. I like the idea of being the cowboy that just... I, I said to you that I like the epilogue more of the rest of the game because the first half of the epilogue is just like you shoveling for shit, shit. Yeah. for a while. And I like that stuff uh, because it's nice to have this little moment in this very big world you feel you're having this very personal, routine moment that's kind of boring in concept but it's fun to Experience to roleplay, to roleplay. Uh, that being said, even those moments like are so restrictive. Like, it's not, I kind of wish I could like have my wrench and do whatever I want on my ranch and not being told, Go pick those three pack of shit or it's shit. It's funny,
0: I, I definitely have a note written down somewhere that this game, unlike a Quantic Dream game or a Telltale game, like the super scripted movie games, those feel like you're watching a movie play out and then those are fun games that you're sort of like shifting nudging left or right this is a game that you are quite literally an actor yeah that's it. inside of an already 100 percent scripted movie show. yeah that's it so i see that and i go like that's a good thing they did a good job mm-hmm. they did something totally unique and you're you don't feel that way no you... it,
1: it made the game like even that stuff like the routine i liked when it was on my own terms i I'm one of those person that thought like the heating stuff and uh like having to go to sleep in that game and like cleaning your weapon are all good things, and the skinning being longer even longer than the first game are good things. It's the stuff I like because it was stuff I was doing on my own terms in the open world, but when the game wanted to wanted me to experience the routine that was forcing me to pick that pack, that bag of hay and put it there. In very scripted fashion, where you have, like, on the map you have this very small block where you can put the stuff, or it's just not gonna register. I just felt like, it felt like a grind to me, and I didn't feel like they earned it.
0: To me, the only thing in the game that you could construe as a grind is the, the missions themselves. Like, quite literally not the missions in their narrative sense, or the getting to or the going to, but, like, quite literally the shooting mission sections like and i and i say that they're a grind um not because i didn't enjoy them because i kind of like the shooting gallery stuff but i say that they're a grind in that they're like that's the insignificant part of the game Hmm. the the picking up and putting things down in the right spot i feel like it's just sort of a it's them compensating for the fact that you can't read arthur's mind so like arthur would know that they go right here in this spot right Um.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> next to the shed yeah sure so you
0: have to you have to go and put them exactly where they go but,
1: but like i told you and like it's getting at the point where i'm asking the game to be something it doesn't want to be so like it's kind of neither here nor there as a criticism of the game because like i'm criticizing the game for a thing it doesn't want to be but like at the beginning they act like there's gonna be this big um, camp mechanic where you're gonna have to take care of the camp all that shit, and I wish those routine tasks were in that that like uh maybe helping with the hay or helping with the the, the manure of the horses and all that shit would help the camp stats or something no or would, no stats no, no numbers no but like they have just the right amount of numbers it was zero of them and they have a few yeah they like have for the heating and all that shit but like at the end of the day all that stuff, all taking care of camp is just like putting money in a book and like you don't even have to do it, it's not important. And that's okay that it's not important at the end of the day either. Like it's not
0: Everything in Reddit Redemption 2 is its own reward. You get no rewards. There's no rewards. No, there's no that, carrots, there's no cake. You that's just true, like, you just get
1: And the way the game the way the game is a game is like contrary to everything the game does. What do you mean? I mean because your boss is always telling you you need money but by the end of the game you're like hoarding bucks on bucks oh yeah
0: it's very ludonarrative dissonance like all over the place for sure and i feel it's it's too easy to give this game a pass on this it's too easy because it's so obvious to give it a pass on that
1: yeah i just think oh yeah it's video game and that's how video game goes i think this game does it very bad and like way worse than other and it also is a game that ask you to take it seriously and I have a hard time taking it seriously when it does that stuff so bad i mean it's a profoundly
0: flawed game yeah for sure but i feel like and we've talked about this too like even the things that people do criticize it for like i feel like even the things that you are nitpicking now feel like something that i go like yeah okay they got
1: this wrong but they're not nitpick is the thing like they're what that that like massive crack in a very
0: no, because the things that work, that are important to that game, work so profoundly.
1: But like I just told you, that every moment on the game, in the game, <laughs> where I was on a strict pact, I didn't like, and it was like fifty hour of that seventy it's, it's, hour uh...
0: game yeah sure it's a museum you're not supposed to go out the beaten path everything's roped off and you're supposed to walk from here to there and there and that's the only place you go but that's, I mean, why it, are
1: you confused about? <laughs> it feels a lot like a museum or people are just acting for me yeah and they're kind of scared when i arrive because like they need to be in their role and they're not sure if they're gonna keep their job um
0: there are things that this game takes as like small mechanics which games have strived to have forever like the fact like just the way you talk to any npc and like that you can just sort of like walk up to anyone and click and greet and interact with any npc
1: that's nothing that doesn't work like that's not a real system of course it does it works
0: very well you, you walk through town and you greet everybody don't talk to them twice <laughs> never try talking to them twice if you try talking to them twice you've gone past the red rope you're not supposed to go there like, you talk to every single person just once and Arthur interacts with them
1: it's a thing also I get a lot of people saying to me um, and especially you but I talk about that game with people I've worked to uh saying like i was expecting something that rockstar never does but if you look at their marketing material and all the preview they did they were like oh you can interact with every person in the game and everybody has their memory and all that shit and like that's not true you can go in a town and kill somebody and they're gonna be back next time like that game is not and that's why it can be realistic the way skyrim is not because like Skyrim, you can put a bucket on somebody's head and they're gonna turn blind because they have a bucket on their head and they don't know how to remove it. Uh, like the except the hunting in Red Dead, I don't feel I don't feel their system interacting with each other It's just more scripting. It's that, all yeah, scripting. Yeah. yeah, that game has tons of scripting, which we've like the reason Rockstar can do that is because. Yeah, there's the overworking the people, but mostly because they have more money, Like because they work on that game for eight years. I don't know for how much time it's been in development, but like that game is impressive by the amount of scripting, but there's nothing revolutionary itself in the game when you take that apart. It's nothing that we couldn't do eight years ago. It's just that there's more scripted stuff, and there's so much scripted stuff that like it has a reaction for a lot of stuff you could do. And it knows when to block you when it doesn't have a reaction for you. For you.
0: But, I mean, this is the thing, right? Like, you you have a, a budget for a game and you have things you can do in a game and you have things you can choose to spend time on. And part of it is that they've chose to spend time on... Or they have had infinite time and infinite money to do so many different things. But even of the things that they did choose to do, they chose to do quiet stuff. Like, everything that matters in this game is quiet. Because, like... It, they could have had more intricate levels they could have had more elaborate set pieces yeah, and, and it's not that it's it wouldn't like,
1: have been a better game for it no
0: but the things that they chose to do that are cool and different are just you're going to eat some beans enjoy it and like that stuff i i so thoroughly front to back love
1: i i think i, I think it's worth pursuing in game i don't think it's new in game that being said it's probably new in AAA games is the thing but Um, but like
0: regardless even if you think about a game like um like brothers uh has those moments where you sit on the bench and you look at stuff and you go like oh cool we're sitting there you know i i enjoyed that and i thought, thought it was neat and i enjoyed my 20 seconds with it but i've never done i've never engaged with those things the way i engaged with them in red dead i've never like gone to bed because i felt like my character needed to go to sleep in Or like in Skyrim, I'd like sometimes I go to bed because I need to get my HP back, I need time to progress. In Red Dead, it was very much like my Arthur Morgan, he's got to be tired. He did so much. He's got to go to bed, he's got to wake up, he's got to have his coffee, he's got to shave, he puts his pomade in his hair. Like all those things that so many games try and make you do this game made me do just by virtue of, like, that was the stuff that mattered to me in this
1: game. But I don't understand why that game makes it matter to you more than a Skyrim or more than The First Red Dead, is the thing. Obviously, the First Red Dead didn't have that many interactions, like, they didn't have the pomade, they just had, you can go to sleep and eat some shit, but even the heating was less of a big system. I I just don't understand what about this game, except that it's the best-looking game out there. Makes it more prone to roleplay because... I actually think the game doesn't encourage roleplay that much. Like I, Okay, hold on. Oh, no This but, game is like roleplay the game. But no, it's all people took it, but and thank God because like the game is not interesting otherwise for me. But like I told you and there's many moments that I should have all noted because like I knew we were going to do this, but like one I remember is I went to a bar in Saint Denis Earlier in the game, and like I could go in the bar and nothing happened, but when I went back to the bar in a story mission, people were looking at me and were and, like, "And
0: that 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 I think is specifically a shame."
1: Yeah, that's a shame, but that's not the only moment that this happened to me. Like, there's other scripted moment that's like are counterintuitive with how you want to play the game if you want to role play, and it's a thing also that like Rockstar. I understand that games are a complicated thing to make, like and I, I'm not expecting a game to answer perfectly to like how I'm gonna interact with it. I love I didn't love Fallout Seven and Six, but I love the other bit as a game even though they're fucking broken. But like Rockstar is one of the company out there that has the money to evolve that form a little and to not get as there there's always going to be a scripting problem but but to evolve to a point where there's not going to be as many scripting problem of that form in a game and they just didn't bother here no i think that they absolutely they they just they didn't catch them all
0: but there's stuff in there that is very explicitly designed in the scripting but like can, like the thing that happens the way the chapters are segmented and the way the strangers unroll based the strangers in a given chapter respond to who you are at a given moment. Like when you get TV. Yeah, or... It's
1: more scripting.
0: It's all scripting mm-hmm. Olivier. That's what this game is. Which <laughs> It is it is a 70 hour movie. Yeah, And you're not supposed to deviate from the path. And, where that movie goes.
1: And like it's crazy that like spoilers. But when you finish the game. Like you're going to play as John Marston. Instead of Archer. Because Archer is dead. And like you can do the Stranger Mission as John Marston. So they scripted them both. with One with John Marston. And one with Archer. And they scripted some of the mission twice, uh, if your honor is low or if your honor is high. But it's just more scripting. Like, the the, the game's never going to react. If the game didn't think, if they didn't anticipate how I was going to interact with it, it's just not going to respond. Which is where it breaks for me, because, like, it's very easy for me to see that they just added more screenwriting and more programming time which but I, is I love... impressive in itself but
0: yeah that, that but that's the game they wanted to make was like it was very specific yeah, but i think it's
1: a boring game
0: yeah a lot of it you know
1: it's a boring game well but you not, gotta be into some boring but but not for the reason we're talking about i just think on um like everybody's calling yeah, not everybody but a lot of people are calling this game revolutionary and it's not like it's just a more it just has more work in this game than there is in other game, but like the way we talked about the way we interact with it but I think the way you interact with Hitman is way more interesting than the way you interact with this game because like the way you interact with this game is very limited
0: like I said you are yeah it is very limited because you are taking on a role of a person who already has a defined personality like this is the opposite of a silent protagonist this is like a fully defined protagonist yeah. who is defined down to the actions he would take and like the only things you can do is you can do is basically stop Stop the movie for a bit and pretend that you are doing X, Y, Z. So that
1: so I have issues when you say it's about role playing because like you have only one role to play and you have to play it basically exactly.
0: Well, I guess maybe role playing is then different. I mean, you are quite literally acting. Yeah, like you are you are the character Arthur Morgan and you fill his shoes for seventy hours. Yeah, that um, I can get behind. Like, for me, going to Saint Denis and knowing that like you're a cowboy and you go to this place that's incredibly civilized and like it's funny because everybody i've heard a lot of people complaining but oh saint Denis like crowded and you bump you bump into people and then like all oh, the cops come and whatever but for me it was like that added to the claustrophobia of the fact that like arthur does not like being here and he's so
1: uncomfortable and there's fucking people everywhere and arthur <laughs> needs to get out of this yeah. town
0: immediately
1: this stuff's not great i like the cops are gonna overreact to you but like it's I don't know, it's collateral damage and how big they wanted the game to be. Like it, it's like a bit the game that breaks because it's so big, like it's stuff that's gonna happen because the game is so complicated. Like I don't I don't wanna fold them too much on that stuff. I don't wanna fold them more on as I said that they didn't they didn't think about the player too much when they made this game. I feel like they thought about their script and now they wanted the player to Yeah play this part. Exactly. Uh and um, oh it's kind of easy to break
0: so my favorite moment in this game uh was very early on it was just like early going in the camp and like when the people are singing at camp and we've we've agreed that like that stuff is fantastic and I'm sure I've described to you this story in full but um, I remember doing a bunch of missions back to back and it being like three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning the sun is just rising and I got back to camp and I watched i tried to go and get food and i watched someone pouring out the porridge because the porridge was now cold and they need to make a new batch so i was like oh fuck okay i can't get some porridge and then that was at the same moment where i got the letter from your ex right. and i remember reading the ex and then having strauss come up to me to give me the mission to go and collect the money from the guy who coughs on you to give you tb and i remember um role-playing that scene so heavily and watching all these systems in the camp interact so that I couldn't get my food and I went back to my thing to go to bed and then couldn't go to bed because Strauss had come to talk to me. So then I went to go do that mission, which ends up being one of the most important missions in the whole game, role-playing it as a pissed-off, angry Arthur. Uh, and then he goes, and I remember you you get the option to talk to the guy before you go beat him up. And I just was like, no, I'm not talking to anybody. I'm just walking straight up into the camp and I'm going to beat the shit out of this guy because it's five o'clock in the morning and I wow. haven't gone to bed. And it turns out to be the most important narrative mission in that game, which I had no idea about. Yeah, you got lucky. And, the, and I, know, I know I got lucky, but that's how I played the whole game was me treating everything seriously. It was me... You know, my Arthur started smoking a lot more once he found out he got TB because he's not smart enough to know that you probably shouldn't be smoking. He embraces a
1: smoke 'em if you got 'em <laughs> mentality. Um, uh, it's a cool game. It's funny you would talk about the camp because I feel, I feel the camp is the place where the system Were happening. Yeah. I think the camp is where I like that game for what it was like, where it felt like an organic world existing without necessarily me having to interact too much with it and it let me as you say like the character are gonna try to talk to you and you can just be nah i don't want to talk to you right now or like go with them and talk more and do stuff or they can be singing and you can just like go straight to bed i don't want to sing today like i'm just tired whatever i'm gonna go straight to bed or go sing and drink and get drunk with them and all that stuff and that feels organic, but, like, it's this very small part of the game that feels like this. And I don't get this feeling outside of the camp. I really like the role-playing part of the game in the camp. And we, as you said, we agree that it's the best stuff in the game. And there's also, like, cinematic moment I liked. Those are just moments. Like, I didn't like the heart as a whole at all. So, like, it's very hard for me to... You know, if they. it's just that they have to get one more big score. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, I have two major problem with the story in this game, and I might be interpreting too much in how Rockstar uh, write their game, but I feel they don't understand implied storytelling a lot, because like that whole game, that whole story is something that is implied in the first game, and like at the end of the game, I had this very damning moment of why didn't you feel the need to tell me the story exactly? Because I feel it feeds a lot. A lot of the theme of this game feeds in the first game at the end of the game, and it's, like, disappointing that it's just, I didn't need a repeat of those themes.
0: I guess I could see that, for me, Red Dead 1 is so, so much... Like, I just didn't like Red Dead 1 the way I liked this game. So for me, this is this is the definitive story, and that one, like, may as well... Like, for a lot of the things you're saying are how I feel about the first Red Dead game, where I feel like there are a lot of critical moments which i love like i love the beginning and the end of red dead one yeah. and i love the musical cues yeah and then basically everything else in between i i just didn't super care for
1: um, I, I probably wouldn't care as much nowadays, but i there's eight year difference between the two games and i feel that's kind of important to note
0: but like even a lot of the things like so john john marston i remember thinking like you know his character was interesting in the way that it began and ended but i never cared about his the minutiae of his character the way i definitely care about arthur morgan i
1: I think for all the the problem i have with the story i think arthur morgan is a very good character the character itself is very strong i just don't like the heart of the character which is like i two different problems i love
0: that that game gives you basically no dialogue trees until you find out that you are dying and then it's just dialogue trees over and over again because you're just everything is every small choice feels like life and death. So it's like, okay, if you have one more week left and you're given a choice, it suddenly feels like a monumental decision,
1: like he no longer knows what's right and wrong. <laughs> yeah, it didn't sway me that much. The other thing I was going to say about they don't know how to do implied storytelling is mm-hmm. the one more score thing, you already have it from the get-go of the game. Like you're coming up from a bad, failed score and that plot point, they repeat it four times before getting to the ending and like that pissed me off so much because like you're i feel the game from chapter one you could get tb three hours after the beginning of chapter one and like you could have the same arc in the story because like you're already at the point where you know that your boss i always forget this fucking name dutch dutch yeah sorry like you already know there's something off and you already know it's gonna get to the point where the gang kind of like realize that uh it just takes 70 hours and for four failed score to get there but like I, i feel you already got the failed score at the beginning of the game and that should all already be a critical story moment and you don't need to show it it's cool that like it's in the past as the game started but no the game needs to show you four new failed score to get there and I, I understand that you need to make a game and like you won't make a four, four hour game out of like Red Dead Redemption 2 but like I mean in a story fashion I felt like oh, in the first game Mexico is like a whole lot of nothing I felt like this whole game except some of the character arc, and the whole story of the gang itself felt just like a bunch of repeat of what had already happened before the game started and that was pretty damning for I, the start um, of the game
0: to me there was a moment where i felt similarly like around chapter three where i was like all right is this gonna happen again and then once you're into chapter the end of chapter four or five and six like i really every time dutch said one more score in the back half of that game it brought a huge smile to my face because I was just, I was kind of laughing. Like part of me is laughing at how ridiculous it is. But then the other part of me is was so invested yeah, suddenly in watching Arthur. Like how, how is Arthur who's so, who really is so passive, when is he going to snap? Like it was waiting for me to see like, okay, when is Arthur going to say, I can't do one more score Dutch. You're, you've completely lost your mind.
1: Yeah, no. At that point, I was so checked out that I felt like every time he would say it, It felt like torture because I was like, really?
0: I I felt the same way about, and this is probably because of you that every time he says, I'm not a good man, (laughs) like like I laughed so much, but I was still excited about the character. As I
1: said, I like the character of our archer a lot. And I think it's this very weird point where I think technically it's well written. Like the technical writing is very good in that they know how to write personally of character most of the characters some are not as great but like most of the characters they know how to write their personality in their dialogue but they're so fucking much repeat like it doesn't know it doesn't have any restraint in writing like it it, it's It's you with the same plot point over and over and over which is
0: like i agree with you except for the one more score where i go like no no that has to just be his mantra like have faith arthur has to be a mantra that he just like it's like he's a shitty boss and it's the only thing he knows how to say is like just have faith
1: but i understand why you're saying that but like as i felt i didn't enjoy playing the game it became like it became grating to me because of the implied gameplay that was coming with the one more score thing
0: yeah that's fair i just for me the gameplay was everything like it's like i've been saying since day one it's everything in between riding to a mission i had so much fun from beginning to end watching deer scurry away as I rode my horse down a dirt road and like you know the sun
1: was setting and And again like I riding to a mission and having dialogues my problem is not well it gets tiring always having to ride to a mission and having to hear the dialogue but my main issue with it is how much repeat they have in this. Like every mission you're gonna have with John, they're gonna repeat the same two beats and like <sighs> There's no real nuance to it. Like, I. well, it's nuanced by attrition. Like, the character become nuanced because they have so much time. I mean, a little, like... It, yeah, I, it, I agree with that sentiment, nuanced by attrition. Yeah. Because
0: I do think it's there. It's, yeah.
1: Like, they act, they act like they're doing movies, but really they're doing TV shows. Like, they get to profound character because they're 70 hours. Maybe. And they talk all the fucking time. Like, they never fucking shut up but this is the thing if you
0: we played this game i played it in longer you know i played it in two months you played it in a month and a half maybe yeah if you play this game over six months which is clearly how it's supposed to be played as like an anthology of cowboy stories there is enough in there like as you said like they're indiv- in insular moments individually every mission is well written it's just they're they're badly written sometimes. Like, sometimes you can see the problems in the writing when you play two hours of this game.
1: No, I, I feel you would see the problem the same way if you were watching, I don't know, like when you watch a TV show like fucking Dragon Ball, it's not because like you take six months to watch them that like you watch an episode where nothing fucking happened and it's just a repeat of the last three episodes that you're like, well, that episode was fun. It's less grating if you take more time for sure, but like it's still fitter.
0: I, I yeah, I'm kinda halfway there with you, but I don't I do like how how legitimately epic it is. Like that it is just epic in its scope. Yeah. You know, I, I, I enjoy that. It needs it. to have
1: a big scope. I just don't think the hark they chose
0: for it. There there's fits a up. there's a mission in there and I texted you about it and you rolled your eyes. Uh there's a legitimate like monster movie mission where you're getting where you're going out into the swamp and there's a big gator out there yeah. and they're like okay like it has a very jaws like dun 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 and, then... and, and that's cool like, it's, I, it's super cool, realize,
1: yeah. but like artistic wise it's great and like there's other moment i can think of like all the the moments with your ex i think are good uh yeah. when you go drink with many it's like, my favorite moment of the whole game, which is a little disappointing because it's, it's very barely going, yeah. Uh, but like, when you finally get that old risk all uh, dude, and when he is about to get hanged, and he thinks his gang is gonna get him, but then he sees Arthur is just waving, roof, on... <laughs> and then like the realization in his eyes that he's gonna get hanged is like a very strong moment, but like, there are two minutes moment in this 70 hour thing and i i agree with you that it needed to be epic but like it didn't feel epic for me it felt like a grind
0: yeah i don't know i i yeah i, I played it like it even I, I even played it similarly to like mass effect where mass effect 2 where like i could play that game on casual like the gameplay was so easy that it didn't really bother me like you just like headshot 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 but then what I loved doing was every time I'd finish one of those really easy nothing missions, I'd go back to my ship. I talked to everybody. You know, in this case, you're going back to your camp. What did everybody think of that mission and how that mission went? And everybody's always got an answer. They're always like, oh, "I can't believe that happened." You know, it's
1: but like I feel that Mass Effect stories are maybe not aiming as high, so like it's kind of weird to compare them because they're they're very cheesy comic book sci-fi. I feel the character evolve more in those games. Like, I feel most of the character in Red Dead, I have two, I have one plot point, I have one turn that basically happened in chapter five. It's my problem. Uh, in chapter six, which is the last one. Uh, like, Archer has more than that. John Marston has more than that by virtue of being like the protagonist of the first game. I think most character, like, you're gonna have the mission with them where you're gonna meet them. And either they're going to get shot off or they're going to disappear at the end. And that's about all the character development there is in this game. So when I see them back, it's just like repeating to me the same thing. Like there's the drunk priest that always tells you, like he's always telling you, oh, I'm going to do good this time. I'm going to do better. And it always falls back and it's always the same. And it feeds into the just give me one more chance thing. But like it's such a very annoying I, I, yeah. Like, I get it. After five times, I get it. Like, just give me one more chance. But then
0: when he leaves, Arthur Arthur has told everybody else to leave. Not the priest, though. Because he wants the priest to be there for the people. Because he feels like the priest has a service and a duty to do. Which maybe has to do with the fact that he is on the cusp of death and might like a holy man near him. Because to... Arthur can be selfish,
1: too, even no. in his last gasps. That's it. Like, he has an importance at the very end of the game. Yeah. But for the rest (laughs) of the game, it's all the same, the exact same point. All right. right. Red Dead Redemption 2. (laughs) We've talked about it. Okay. I want to know, we didn't talk much about Vampire. Vampire. So,
0: Vampire is a game that I like uh, a lot. It's also and and much more than Red Dead. It is a like super super flawed game.
2: Right.
0: Okay, hear me out on Vampire. I think that you know you know how we used to talk about how Dark Souls feels like alternate reality um Zelda. Zelda? I feel like Vampire is alternate reality Oblivion where like instead of going down this instead of expanding in terms of scope, they expanded in terms of character and kind of like drilled down into the the clockwork and there's just sort of people running around town. And I just feel like it's even in the character options. It's like they have too much lore, but it's cool that it is there. And even when yeah. you don't want to engage with it, it feels it's like very impressive talking to per- uh, talking to someone and watching them have way more information to tell you than you need.
1: I, I did all the side missions in that game not because they're fun, because they're not like they the gameplay. The gameplay is game. not fun. I, yeah, I wish
0: they... we had played it after they put in that
1: story, story mode. The, the, the story mode. But I did all the side missions in this game and just finding more lore about the character and learning, like I told you, there's a, also an asshole priest in this game that's like very much an asshole. And uh, you learn that uh, he burns prostitutes while they sleep uh, by doing a side mission. And that was like the moment where I was, because you can kill all of the NPCs uh, when you get strong vampire power. I don't know, <laughs> like it's a gameplay thing that's kind of silly that fits in the story. I was like this guy I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna kill that guy. Because like he's such an asshole for lore reason. I didn't need for gameplay reason because at the end of the game the game was easy enough that I didn't need to kill that the person. They try I I, I feel the, the the way they try to merge the gameplay and the story together is interesting, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah, as much as they wanted. It's still interesting in concept. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you that, like, it feels that a ton oblivion. reality. F- I feel one of the, of the thing that impressed me with this game is that there's a lot of dialogue trees, but it felt, a lot of the time, it felt like it was more just one massive dialogue trees that you could get away from, like, that you could attack from different angles depending on the character because, like, talking to one character will give you option for other characters. So it, it didn't feel like discrete dialogue tree for each character it felt like more like a dialogue web yeah or something and i thought that was amazing it, it's uh, it's really impressive what they do
0: and like i love like it helps that i really like that aesthetic and era like yeah. I, I liked walking around that area and yeah like,
1: but like looking at the trailer before the game was out it, it looked like cheap bloodborne yeah yeah. and like it this was probably one of the most surprising games of the year for me because oh, for i sure. didn't yeah. expect that game to be good at all and uh yeah just like coming in and thinking they're just trying to hate bloodborne and like then realizing that this game has very much its own identity yeah and a very strong one as that was super impressive
0: uh, and an incredible soundtrack and yeah that's true soundtrack's very good it's very very good yeah okay it's not the game that I feel most passionately about yeah. on this list, but I really like Vampire, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that we agreed. I hope that more people discover Vampire. Like I hope that this game has like a little bit of a tail, and people realize how good it is. Okay. Um, I would say Vampire's is probably probably lower half of the list.
1: Yeah, that's what I yeah. was uh, coming at. I think you can you would say the Aspire and Vampire.
0: I would. Yeah. Okay, so we put Red Dead at the top. Right? Nope.
1: No? No.
0: Far lone sales. Yeah. Is great. What do you think about it?
1: I really like its mood in that like you're it's basically single player uh, lover in a dangerous space time. Basically having this road trip in this big king machine. Uh you're basically having a road trip in a, a post apocalyptic world and it's it finds a way to be pretty even if it's very grey. And I really, really liked it in the moment. It, it, it's a game I think I might revisit, but it's not, it's not the game that stayed the most with me either uh, this year. I think uh, it very much inspired by Lover and Adventure Space Time, but also a game like Limbo. And I think it's more interesting than Limbo is at the end of the day. I, I feel the story, uh, the, the the trip itself is more worthwhile would also be a number nine eight for me.
0: I like Farlone Sales a lot. What I like about it is uh it's funny like I wouldn't compare it to limbo or something like that. Okay. At all, really. Like I I, I the Lovers in Danger Space Time comparison is because 'cause yeah. you're gameplay a wise, ship. like it's not yeah. the same game. But uh you too. know, and we're talking we, we kind of threw uh gris under a bus when when people were calling it journey esque. Like I think far lone sales is more Journey-esque in that it's basically just you're just going through motions that take you from one side to the other like I think the biggest problems in Far Loan Sales are when they do try and do faux puzzles like I yeah. think the puzzles don't work yeah but what I think works really well is they took something like Journey is largely hold forward to have game right that's the biggest criticism everybody has about yeah. that game and I, I don't agree with it but that's the thing people say Far Loan Sales takes that sort of hold forward to have game premise and then they Again, they let you role play inside of it, so that when you're giving up a like in journey, when you get attacked by a monster and they you get hit, you lose your scarf, and that feels like a sacrifice, like a thing you're losing. Uh, Farlone sales regularly lets you pick up items that you become attached to and that you've had for a long time, and then it forces you to sacrifice them yourself. Yeah. So you're making small choices about what you want to give energy to to push you forward in that game, and it it was weirdly impactful for me the first time because you're playing this, you're playing a really cute character, it's kind of reminded me a, lo- a lot of Up, it reminded me a lot of Wally of having this, like, there's this one singular object and you are a cute character who is attached to other smaller objects inside the object and then you're, it forces you to kill the things you love and I, I thought it was really cool.
1: My machine was a mess of boxes by the yeah. end of the game because I was hoarding all the boxes I could and, like, you have a limited... Number of space where you can strap object and they're not gonna move around with the physics, but like you can bring more object in your machine, but they're just gonna fumble around uh, without the physics goes. And because I didn't want to trash my radio to get yeah, exactly. It was the radio was the big one. It was yeah. like come hell or high water. Uh, like a ton of boxes that were falling all the time everywhere, and I would get out of the machine to get back boxes. I also, thing like uh, this game has just the right amount of. Uh, it's kind of weird to say, but. It's, that has the right amount of gameplay and that it just gives you the right amount of stuff to do in the machine and it also just gives you the right amount of off time where you don't need something to do mm-hmm. and you can just like get on top of the machine and just wait there and like see the scenery
0: and some of the scenery is really good like even right off the bat you have the, there's like these big hulking ugly ships in yeah. the background when you're this like very cute small like putt putt yeah boat going past and it's uh yeah it's great i Baron Sales was like a huge surprise for me this year. I, I was not expecting to love it as much as I do. That being said, I, I feel like it's a middle of the list game.
1: Okay. <laughs> What's a middle for you?
0: Um. Okay, I I would put it above Slay the Spire and, and Vampire.
1: Okay, I'm good with that.
0: I would also put Vampire above Slay the Spire.
1: Sure. Sure. <laughs> I'm not gonna fight for it. I'm okay with having Slay the Spire, and I would put like hitman 2 at number six is already pretty high
0: you're saying hitman 2 above far loan sales yeah
1: i think it's probably the highest it can get
0: i can live with that
1: yeah and i think it's the right spot for it this is where it gets weird for me because when i still like red dead redemption i was like i'm gonna put this game at number five that is uh, too low i <laughs> red dead redemption <laughs> when i had the best feeling i had about this game which was in the first 20 hours where i still liked exploring the world before it became a known quantity basically red dead redemption was number five tops for
0: can, me. can i um pause for a second i love in red dead redemption when you're going to a fast travel location they don't show you the map they don't let you pick where you want to go on the map. They just say, "Hey, you want to go to Valentine?" And yeah. then you have to, if you don't remember which city you need to yeah. go to, you need to back all the way <laughs> over I the menu.
1: Never use the fast travel.
0: No, not even just like a stagecoach. No. Oh, okay.
1: Traveling from point to point without like a voice telling me like bullshit all the time was my favorite thing about that game. I was even at the end of the game, I was like favoring those moments.
0: Oh, it's the best stuff in the game. Yeah. I mean, I would do it sometimes just just to change things up, but. Like, it wasn't
1: about the speed it was about like
0: if i'm in a city and i need to go to another city arthur would take a coach he wouldn't necessarily yeah for sure yeah.
1: but like it also made me feel very disappointed traveling from place to place because i felt disappointed with how little there is to do in this world
0: it's funny i i i could spend another easily 20 hours in that game i'm not quite done the epilogue i finished the first yeah. epilogue okay oh i
1: did a lot okay yeah it's a weird thing that like i like you unlocked the last part of a map in the upload basically that you couldn't go before and i did
0: i love so much arthur never goes back to blackwater yeah
1: that's good it's so cool but like i never um i never explored that part because i was tired of the game yeah i I probably won't explore it too much either but like
0: but like exploring
1: was my favorite thing in this game like getting two new places i didn't go before
0: but like again if i didn't you know we're going it's going to be january 1st soon we're basically two weeks away from like the new video games if there wasn't if time was not an issue i would explore that stuff you know but
1: like anyway the place you are in chapter six i had i knew i knew everything in it before i got to chapter six because like i passed like maybe five hours just in this area going to the village doing the side quest there and like Hunting for no good reason because I was just searching for a thing to do and going into the house. And like, there's a lot of stuff to find in the house, but I for me was profoundly disappointing because it's just like anecdotes basically. Like, you never find something very interesting in the way you could find in a breath of a while. It just feels like, like I told you, there's a house where um uh, a meteor fell in Mm -hmm. the house and killed everybody, and like that's cool to find, but like it's. It doesn't add much to the game. Even,
0: even as a player, that game, there are like stages of life you have with that game. Like you know how we talk about like talk about it being seventy a seventy hour epic, and like in the early parts you do a lot more hunting, and then in the mid parts you do a lot more exploring for things like the meteor, and then in the last parts the story is more intense, so you're doing less of any of that stuff. There's phases to Red Dead Redemption. It's
1: but I feel all beautiful. <laughs> the hunting and the exploring part was me, searching for what would make me like that game. And yeah, it still had a sense of mystery to me. once why I still felt like it was kind of a good game. And when I finished exploring, like I didn't find everything in the world, obviously. But when I, I explored enough in the world and understood that I would never find something else that wasn't just hunt, that are you, thing.
0: Are you sure it wasn't because you have TB and now it's about the no, people around I, you, I, not about the exploring the world? Because
1: that chapter... Beginning of chapter four, I was checked out and just like mind the mission.
0: I'm just kidding, but yeah,
1: I, I like we also agree that like the TB mission, the the mission where you get TB is probably one of the best script and moment of the game because it does the cool thing that MGS5 did too. That is like you're not going to a marker on the map and then it happens. Yeah, and that's cool, but like it's a two minutes moment.
0: You know, I am um, I stopped eating once I got TB. Oh really? Because I was running out of time. So I had to go help all the people,
1: so my Arthur got really gangly and scrawny at the end. I I've been scrawny all the whole game. I
0: I was eating a lot
1: just, and I would get like average weight from a little time, and then I would get underweight after. I never got more than that.
0: Arthur's gotta change, (laughs) gotta evolve. Okay. Anyway, Paratopic's fucking cool, right? Yeah. Tell me about Paratopic. I didn't realize that you would like it as much as I liked it.
1: Paratopic is a surrealist horror game. I'd say where you're someone that is tasked for no apparent reason to um, bring videotape across a border that is not clear with which kind. Of, I mean a country border or whatever, and it's supposedly illegal and dangerous and all that stuff. And all that stuff is kind of implied and said in surrealist manner it's very hard to understand what the fuck is going on except that maybe people feel addicted to those video type in a way
0: paratopic does the thing so remember you never played virginia right right everybody loved virginia yeah paratopic does all the things virginia does but like Perfectly. Yeah. All those weird cuts of like walking forward and then all of a sudden cutting to like a different character a different perspective and
1: it's basically the same thing, but I was about to say Thirty Flight of Loving. Yeah, like or does, Thirty Flights yeah, yeah, the other way. It, it does, that does those cuts. Like it's a first person exploration story game that does like jump cuts this way. But it's also like it looks like a PS1 game also gone wrong because like some of the plays are kind of glitchy and it's very it's not I have a hard time with scary game i had a hard time with this but like it was manageable so it's the scariest game but like it it can be very startling and oppressive
0: it's un- un- oppressive is the word yeah. yeah uh it's like a it's a like it's a thriller with no action right like nothing yeah. really happens you're just you just feel paranoid like yeah. and i don't like paratopic but like it really succeeds at making you go like there's something so wrong
1: yeah, I mean, it just gives you enough, uh, like, we talk about that moment, but, like, you're in a convenience store. And one note, I love you have the um, GNOME-style inspect object action that you can do, but because it has PS1 near graphic, everything looks like a blur when you look at them, I think that's just, like, great. The game's also kind of funny, I yeah. think, in software. The, the same way Twin Peaks is, like, it's scary and funny at the same time in the same movement, like, it's not alternating between two tones but like you're in a convenience store and you talk with a teller and he he's always talking like you're two person on a trip but like you're you're supposed to be alone and it just feels weird but like when you check in the car there's the silhouette there and it's very scary but like it never becomes more than just seeing a silhouette that shouldn't be there in a the car or thing I mean, there's a jump scare one, but like I like how the the, the jump scare, the first jump scare set up in that you see something from the corner of your eyes, and as you turn to see what the fuck is going on, like it does the jump scare. But like it always feels like there's something behind you, or just that right outside of your vision yeah. that that is like and that there to get you.
0: Uh, I love the driving sections in that game. And I played this before Red Dead, right? Like, th- mm. this, Paratopic and Far Sales Sales both have these long stretches of nothing, which I never expected Red Dead to, to have, which is why mm. I loved Red Dead so much. But uh, I love just driving in Paratopic, and you're listening to the radio, and it has these, like, basically Charlie Brown, like, Peanuts voices, like, mm. like talking to the radio. And then...
1: I would only put music. Because, oh, you put uh, the music? The, the, the,
0: voices. the voices are really disconcerting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really upsetting. <laughs> Uh, but i even love in some of those sections you're driving and then eventually you get far away from the city and the radio like fades out and you can barely hear it and then that's scary yeah
1: (laughs) but see that was a moment where i was basically role playing it was oh my character would put music because he's stressed out that he's going across the border and maybe get caught for no fucking reason because he doesn't know what's happening uh, or she doesn't know and like he's just gonna put music to calm himself down like because like music's calming not people talking about politics like
0: yeah Ah,
1: I'm so happy that you liked it as much as
0: I did, because yeah. I, I really it. I think it. it's a very strong game.
1: Uh, I think this and everything's going to be okay. Like, I got, as a developer of a small game this year, I got more interested in what could happen. And On uh, Ten Island is also that kind of stuff, the, the Frog Detective game. I got very interested in what could be made on a very small scale, more than the other year.
0: I, I've enjoyed, and Frog Detective is another one, like... I have enjoyed the forty five minute games this year so much. Like these just succinct experiences yeah. that are that are great and then and then Red Dead is, you know, the polar opposite. But yeah. Paratopic it doesn't overstay its welcome at all. I was so excited to play it a second time and Yeah, that's it because it's so small,
1: like even if I, I'm not great with our game I would see myself playing it again because like it's such a bite sized thing that you can Yeah. Just just do it. Yeah. Okay. We didn't talk much about Celeste.
0: No, uh we haven't. Uh, i love celeste okay there we have it so i I wrote this in my my little blurb for the gamer but uh celeste and florence both are games that use mechanic game mechanics to talk about um very subtle human emotions and we're very lucky to have them they make the world a better place
1: i think celeste by the end is not that subtle No, no but
0: no no but like the running from your shadow and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it, it's it beats you over the head with at the end. But it's the first time you do it, it works very well, and yeah, it's sure. it's a smart way to characterize that.
1: And like we talk about, oh, Greece, talking about depression. <laughs> I'm sorry, to, it's not even a bad game, but like it's just like very surprising comparing those two games together because like solace, I mean Gris talk about other team for sure than Celeste does, but whatever. They both talk about teams that are complicated to convey in a platformer. And I think Celeste does it better. But it's also just a very strong. It's platformer. just a, yeah, a very good game. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, and I even think that it talks about these, you know, more emotional concepts and all that. But unlike uh, even unlike Ori, like I never got annoyed with Celeste. Like Celeste is very restrained like it talks about these things but it's it's never sort of like it never feels like it's tugging at your heartstrings it's sort of just like stating you things about this character and then you go to appreciate them and they no. go through the motions and it
1: has uh, some very video gamey moments that just play into that that i think are very great uh the two i'm thinking of is uh, the mini game about the f- feather mm-hmm. where it just put like you're playing a platformer and then it gives you a small mini game to play that about like thinking about a feather going down and up and trying to uh, blow on it so it stay up in the air and it's something to calm you down it's just this little mini game that's totally does not have any impact on the whole game and that's great and when uh, later when you accept your dark side and you get the one-up like um, notification I I, like it's very video gamey reference that I think works at evoking uh like complex emotion and I think that's great. Yeah. Celeste is very strong.
0: Yep. In the spirit of our category though, I think that Celeste goes below both Florence and Oberdin. Yep. In the same vein. (laughs) This is just gonna be like me making my personal
1: list again. But I feel our list if we take Red Dead Redemption out we might end up being exactly probably very similar. Uh, what
0: if I were to tell you I think that Return of the Oberden goes above Florence? You mean as number one? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> now, what if I were to tell you <laughs> that Red Dead Redemption also goes above Florence? No. <laughs> <laughs> <I>
1: swear. <laughs> in the Celeste, everything is going to be okay thing
0: i think everything it's really just us talking around red dead
1: yeah i i'm curious though like if everything is going to be okay so I, is it on your the gamer list
0: no uh, and in fact i took it yeah it's it's not uh, everything is going to be
1: okay i would put my number 6
0: no everything is going to be uh, everything is going to be okay is my number 10 it's right okay. there uh, i really love it like so i have no problem with it being here Uh, i would move it down though i think it should be underneath paratopic
1: Mm -hmm. no no not for me i can't see it but like no not for me my problem is red dead redemption like i told you red dead redemption made me feel like pretty hollow and empty inside like (laughs) that game kind of disappointed me and I kind of feel bad seeing that game higher than anything except maybe Slate Aspire because Slate Aspire was a game that made me feel empty inside, but that I like, you know, like I just could think about the podcast I was listening to instead of like thinking, I understand Red Dead Redemption is not going to be number nine. Yeah. No. But like in that list, it's where I would like it the most. So is your only problem Red Dead? Like, like if
0: you look at the list as the only thing you would move? really
1: you would move no other game on this list i would put everything's going to be okay above celeste but like i'm okay with not being up once but there were moments this year where i was thinking everything going to, is going to be okay Would be my game in the game of the year in a fuck you let's go hard game kind of way like obradin is my game of the year i'm kind of disappointed the fact that Oberden is my, can- my game of the year and that like I mean Oberden is a super innovative game it's not a known quantity but like Lucas Pope as a dev like I knew his next thing was going to be like something
0: it's funny I know exactly what you mean in fact one of the only things I've written down about it is that like I think I have more passion for Red Dead Redemption because Red Dead Redemption needs to be defended because there are things wrong with it yeah Return of the Oberden, completely speaks for itself yeah it just sort of is the best game of the year yeah i don't need to say anything about it it just it's like plain as day like there's
1: nothing and also like we've seen the list from the big side and most of the big side as as it on their list it's not their number one but like it's a game that got its due and it sold well it's like 98 percent positive on steam and like the negative review are just people that are like the art's all disgusting and they're dumb and whatever like yeah yeah it, I, I, it's weird as like a critic because it just feels like yeah obviously that's this one yeah nobody nothing nothing that, yeah. comes close to mark it, brown right? made a video where it was i'm not gonna say what my favorite game of the year is but the most interesting so britain and at the end of the video he said yeah well whatever it's the best game of the year like you stupid
0: <laughs> yeah, obvi- like, uh, yeah, and, and it's... Uh... Obviously,
1: it's the best game of the year. Uh, but, like, we could see it. Like, even when I played the demo, I don't know, like, two or four years yeah. ago, like, you knew this game was going to be special, which it's not to, like, rob of the work that Lucas LucasPub did because you couldn't mess it up at, like, so many corner. And I have, like, a few issues with it that are very minor yeah. in the, the the grand scheme of team, but, like, whatever. It's the best game of the year.
0: I even love we talked about this but like i love the the way it doesn't shy away from like the racism of its era and stuff like and it expects you like you have to play into it because that era would have it so obviously people are put everybody's put into categories yeah because that's the way things were done in 1810 or whenever the game was set
1: i'm gonna say something very stupid that i realized i was very stupid for doing i was like of course I'm going to be racist because that's how it works until I got to the Frenchman and like the Frenchman has a striped shirt like Frenchmen are supposed to have. I was like, wait a minute. As a French person. (laughs) uh, I was like, yeah, that's fucked. That's funny. All the racism in this game is is fucked. Uh, But like it's, uh, it's a good way to explain that stuff systematically like with the system of the game without hammering a point it has a point but like without like being very obvious about it it's just how the system works make you realize that stuff
0: and i i love that it's um despite being a game all about it's literally a game about death it's basically fun yeah like it's sort of like ah there's a kraken
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of funny sometimes in a gory way like uh i remember two people i marked them as tabs those like crab woman yeah spider thing uh they weren't stabbed they were beheaded (laughs) and like just having this realization oh the head is not (laughs) on the body (laughs) on the body anymore was like this very funny moment (laughs) for me and uh, i don't know like there's so many moments in this game and it's funny because like i i look at the forum and um see how some people realize some stuff and i never catch some of the hints in this game Uh, like i got some character just by process of elimination just by knowing okay well it has to be this person but like every one of the characters seems to have at least one hint that you can find that like pinpoints them i think that's very interesting whereas i see people struggling to get other character where i get well he has a tattoo that you can like see on his arm and like it Let's you spot them if you see them at another point. So it's cool that like it creates those situations where you will have multiple solutions because like the dev thought of multiple solution, like it meant to like the dev totally thought of all the solution possible. It's just, it happens organically.
0: Yeah. And it's new. Yeah. It's just new. Like it's, it's just, there's no other game like it ever yeah. before. It's ah, fantastic. My problem is yeah. that I could live with this list but I do feel like I should just turn the screw a little bit,
1: <laughs> a little bit further on this Red Dead Redemption. thing. I still have some issues with it that I didn't voice. Which ones? I think the the, the shooting stuff is like at this point is inexcusable. Like how oh, much killing there is in this game.
0: It's funny. It made me think back to Bioshock because I was thinking yeah. about how how much I love Bioshock Infinite, but how much in order to love Bioshock Infinite, in order to love Red Dead Redemption, you need to just say video games suck and yeah. just kind of move on because like there's not if you if you yeah i could write a thousand words on how lame it is that there's
1: so much shooting in the game and i feel it's not as dumb as bio infinite because like your character is not supposed to be a good person like yeah it's fine that like you're shooting cops i don't care but it's like the sheer number of it that becomes problematic more than the um, than the fact that you're shooting supposedly people that didn't ask to be in a fight with you and where it is where i think it's very much a problem here is because like rockstar is the kind of company that has the leverage to change that and this is the thing
0: though i still do i've said this to piss you off but i still cling to it like i still think it's it's super indie compared to most triple a games in terms of not uh, it, its budget but it, just in terms of the, the things it chooses to to surface
1: it's super is but like the shooting mission and there's a lot like, yeah yeah the there game, are there's no defense it. like it's pathetic I is think. the point where it abandons yeah like all that stuff and troll trolls all the other ship out of the window and say hey we need to make a video game at the end of the day and like not only it's not a great game i don't think it's as bad as people say and like i don't hate the shooting in those games
0: i, I actually kind of like the like the literal shooting because it feels more like a crackdown it's almost like you're just locking on and yeah. getting, getting headshots at every turn it's yeah not. it's
1: cool in the way that like oh you're the best sharpshooter yeah. sharp around and i like i actually like how the guns feel in this game how yeah. oh, they they're kind of clunky and like they don't shoot as fast as you want or you're fucking revolver like
0: and, and then again the production values help it because like there's su- it's such a the sound design the foley work in that game front yeah. to back is incredible but like
1: just the carbon the, the fact that you have to shoot them twice i think it's great yeah. like that you have to like recharge them manually and or like when i go in with two revolver the fact that like i and you take a whole fucking time to reload them when they're out i feel like the baddest motherfucker on earth with my two revolver but like i feel after that all that I think feels good. Obviously the movement doesn't feel great for the combat, but it's not game breaking. But it's very much thematically with the game and without it plays the realist card. I just cannot excuse them once more. Like I feel like Rockstar is the company that has the money to make a game. Not where you're not gonna shoot people, but where you're gonna shoot ninety people instead of five hundred. Like I think I think in a weird way there is, it's like I don't
0: disagree, and yet, and yet at the same time I feel like they did make a big stab at doing something a little bit more reserved and, and adult in that way, like it really does, it does applaud the small moments in a way that like a lot of triple A games don't, and I think it, it's disappointing that like obviously their next game is going to be Grand Theft Auto 6, right? and yeah. then that that game is not going to have the stuff i love about red dead i don't think anyway and i don't see how they would because it's not a cowboy game but, like but it's like, not going to be sit down and have eggs and bacon for breakfast and then go back out on the world like it's not going to be and maybe i'm wrong i would assume it's not going to be small and thoughtful the way red dead can be when it chooses to be
1: it might have it might not be i don't know but like there's still some stuff about like gta 5 is a ps3 era game and i think like they would surface me gta 5 this year and i would have thought it was a bad game and i liked that game at the time and you put that in my face a lot this year because i told you i didn't because
0: i really don't think red dead 1 or gta 5 hold a candle i think red Red Dead one
1: is a better game all around than red dead 2 by far the story is not as good i think the story is better it's not i think the hark and the epilogue like the epilogue in Red Dead Redemption One means something. The epilogue in this game means nothing. So
0: I, I I'm not done the epilogue in this, but I'm a little like the epilogue like, feels like. A, it's just gonna go by. It. Yeah, like, it, it feels like connective tissue yeah. in a way that I don't really care about. Like I cared about Arthur.
1: Yeah, then you have your house, and you have the credit playing, and on the credit you see that like the the, the policeman and the officer that are gonna get John in the mm-hmm. first game are like trying to rope him, basically yeah i don't know if you did the build a house moment Not i think yet. you're gonna like that that's your kind of stuff like it's a quick time event there's no there's no playing you're just press I, I might be in
0: that mission on okay.
1: suspend right now okay you're you're gonna like that whereas like the epilogue of the first game is all about like the cycle of violence repeating and i felt that was meaningful in a way like this game never gets to be because at the end of the day, like the redemption of Archer Morgan is giving a chance to John to get away from it, but then it casts a shadow on the whole game because you know what's going to happen to John, and it's the cycle of violence repeating at the end of the, at the end of Red Dead Redemption One. So like, it, it's it,
0: I I didn't see I I find John in Red Dead Two not a wildly interesting character. No, he's not. I didn't think about him or the first game nearly at all but I, i
1: i think i thought about the first game a lot because the game feeds into it and that's where it's disappointing like the game explains a lot of stuff that was implied in the first game which is disappointing all like all the relationship with john and abigail is like very literal in this game whereas it was more implied in the first game and that's disappointing to me like it shouldn't have existed i i wish this game wasn't a prequel Is what i'm basically saying because like at the end of the day, when the redemption of Archer is to like give a chance to John, it just undermined the whole thing to me. Because you know where the story of John's gonna end up, and then it ends up at the same place where Red Dead One ends up, and I, then I didn't need that whole game to explain to me where it ends up because I already had the first one.
0: I didn't think about any of this stuff at all. It was really like to me, uh, the closing the book on Arthur was closing the book on Arthur, so and my, he gets his redemption.
1: My biggest sinking feeling of, in this game was when they announced it, and they announced it was a prequel. I was like, you cannot repeat that thing. And my biggest sinking feeling was in Chapter 6 when I realized they were about to do exactly... But they don't repeat that. No, but where they were about to do exactly what I didn't want them to do, which was to feed in the first game and let the game go to be the first game. Oh, well. And, like...
0: But, for... d- but to me, like, if the epilogue doesn't exist in this game, it doesn't take away from...
1: Uh, no, I, for me, with, it, it's the same problem. Like, it's really that the redemption of Archer is giving John a chance that, like...
0: But just it's not shit. just Arthur. There's a lot of people he helped at the end of that
1: game. Yeah, sure. But like, John is the being, main one.
0: It's him being a villain and then coming face to face with death, and 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 this is why I bring up the religion thing too, because he also like he's smart enough to know that he's a bad guy, but he's not smart enough to like put it all together that like this is not going to save him. You know, like it's and and I guess it's funny because I think it, a lot of the stuff does repeat from Red Dead One, but I think it's so much more interesting like john being a not smart simpleton is one of the things i really liked in the first red dead but it's done so much better in red dead 2
1: i feel as i said on a technical level it's much better in this game and i agree like the writing top down the writing is better in this game than it is in red dead 1 i just think the heart of the first one on a thematic level is more interesting than this one
0: there, they, there's nothing that tops john getting gunned down yeah that's it one. well, well
1: and there's nothing like i i really do think the epilogue in the first game is important for what it means about psychological violence i'm gonna repeat it like forever i don't think there's anything i i, I agree with you that like killing uh, archer with tb uh if you play as a bad person you get shot down but uh, you still get the tb so it still plays like you get shot down because you decide that you're ready to die anyway forever like that's a good way to kill like a non-dramatic way to kill your character that's interesting so like on an individual level i agree that the plot points are kind of better but like the whole story as a whole i just see as a whole lot of nothing it just means not much to me
0: he's so well performed it's incredible like i'm uh, so connected to that character yeah like i didn't um if i didn't get teary-eyed finishing up red dead 2 like it didn't hit me that way I mean no. i actually maybe i kind of did when his horse got gunned down and he just says thank you like i was a little bit uh, emotional about that but but i was so invested like i and, and not just invested like oh i put in this much time like i was really committed to the character i really love that character a lot but that's me
1: yeah on the other hand i was from the get-go it's gonna end there i was surprised for the tb thing i think it's probably the best surprise i have about that game um i even love when you go to um guarva like there's a couple that's the first time you
0: he does start to cough a little bit more yeah well like he get like it's just the tiniest little bit and it ne- it doesn't like zoom the camera in on him and he does a cough like it's just dutch is there and he's going on about their next big score and he just you can just see he's starting to get a little bit yeah weaker, i didn't and... guess
1: it but at that point i was like oh you're gonna get sick from uh, being there basically like you're gonna or get this hill uh you're you're gonna you're gonna get back and be healed basically was what I was thinking, but I didn't think it was was going to kill you. Mm-hmm. I didn't guess I would end but like i the installation was there that's it like I just don't like the arc of the game uh for multiple reasons uh and the realization that it was going exactly where I thought it would be going was like super disappointing to me it's such a good game,
0: nah I've never sat at a bar in a video game
1: before. I sat at like those Mass Effect bar and drank uh, alcohol through my helmet.
0: Yeah, yeah, you always <laughs> see the options. Yeah, I never did it.
1: I did it once in uh, Mass Effect just to see how getting drunk would happen and how funny it is, and that's it. Oh yeah,
0: for me it wasn't even the getting drunk. Like I just ordered one. He doesn't want to get too drunk. Yeah, He's no, been too sure. drunk before i love in that game every time you go into a saloon and this is the stuff i love in this game is that you go you go to the double doors and the camera just swoops and zooms in just a little bit before he pushes the doors open it's so scripted
1: (laughs) (laughs) well produced yeah
0: yeah i would put red dead redemption higher but um i wouldn't i would also put paratopic above everything is going to be okay but uh I can certainly live with this list.
1: I could go moving Paratopic if we don't move Red Dead. Like in that we could put Paratopic above above, everything's going to be okay, but like Red Dead take the spot of Paratopic and everything's going to be okay still over Red Dead. I kind of want to have this victory that this free itch.io game is a better game. Uh, I, I,
0: okay, but, let, let's let's not touch it. Like I don't, Red Dead needs to be higher than 6. It needs to be a top 5.
1: Okay. I'm okay with it at number 5. It's, I told myself this was the IS I was going to go before coming here. <laughs> just going to our opponent still on the everything is going to be okay thing. I I do really think it's a better game than Red Dead for me. I understand it's not the case for you. Like I'm not just doing this to be snide or... A little asshole about it, but like I do like the fact that small stuff can compete with high budget game.
0: I mean, Red Dead's the best A game of the year, so you know it's a it's an impressive achievement.
1: Uh, I mean, it, I also love that. Or two other AAA with big or crowds game are not. Really they're, they're not. It's funny, yeah. They're, Hitman
0: and Vampire are not what I would call um, A No, like and then
1: like they both look kind of cheap spots yeah
0: like hitman 1 didn't hitman 1 looked like a full
1: no like square enix put all their money behind it and that's why it failed basically because it didn't sell well hitman 2 is not selling either and that's a fucking crying shame but whatever
0: uh do you have any other thoughts and feelings about any of these games that you feel like need to be shared with the world
1: i think we talked a lot about them i think florence is probably the one we talked least about but like we we said good stuff about it
0: um florence notes Florence is a great example of a video, of why video game genres are broken. Because what the fuck do you call Florence? It's
1: a mini game collection.
0: Uh but it's so it's it's the I only know. game on this. It's the only game here that I go like, oh yeah, that one's perfect. Yeah, like front to back, there's nothing wrong with Florence. Yeah, they did everything sure. flawlessly. Uh,
1: no problem with Florence.
0: But it's not a yeah mini game collection is the most condescending. Nothing. No, but that's of genre a, that, of That's action. why I think it's
1: very funny because it's actually a mini game collection. Like I'm not being. No, I, I, I know it is. Just... It's, it's exactly that. But, like, it's how those mini aim means so much that it's impressive. I think that's a good list.
0: It's a very good list, yeah.
1: All right. All right. You so... want to go through our list and
0: see? Uh, okay, well, let's read this list. Okay. Uh, our top ten games, as decided by the two of us. <laughs> Return of the Auburn, Florence, Celeste, Everything is Going to Be Okay, Red Dead Redemption 2, Paratopic, Hitman 2, Farlone Sales, Vampire, and Slay the Spire. And my personal list, which looks remarkably similar <laughs> to this combined list, is uh for myself, number one, Return of the Oberdin. Me too. Number two, Red Dead Redemption
1: 2. Yeah, that's why I thought I have Florence at number two. Number three, Florence. I have everything is going to be okay at number two. Really?
0: You have uh everything's gonna be okay at number three on your yeah. list? That's yeah, it's a great I, game. Yeah.
1: I told you at one time I was really thinking when it was Florence or everything's going to be okay. I was like, maybe I'm gonna put that one number one just because. Because. Yeah. Uh
0: number four, I have Celeste. I have Celeste. Too. Number five, Paratopic.
1: It's where you're gonna go crazy. I have Slay the Spire at number five. Really? Because that game, like <laughs> grabbed me and never let me go. Like I played. I played a game today while <laughs> to the I should play more of it too.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, number six, I have Farlone Sales. I have Paratopic. Number seven, Vampire. I have Hitman Two. Hitman Two, but yeah, okay. Uh, number eight, God of War. I have Farlone Sales. God of War, number eight. I'm surprised.
1: I thought I thought you were on the same. Uh, I didn't thought it would be on your top. God of War. I thought you had basically the same feeling about this game as me. It was one of my number 11.
0: I mean, I think God of War is great.
1: Uh, I, it is. Like, I'm not trying to be uh, dismissive of the game. It was one of the games I thought about putting number 10 for a long time, but... Eh. Um,
0: Number 9, Forgotten Anne. I have Into the Breach. In number, t- number 10, I have uh, Everything's Going to Be Okay.
1: I have Donut Conti.
0: We have uh, remarkably similar lists. Considering yeah. we not 24 hours ago were like
1: think we might be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, it's really red the problem because like
0: even to find out that you liked paratopic. It's like, oh, like,
1: oh okay. But like even like Forgotten End and Vampire, I was kinda happy you when you sent like you cut Forgotten hand because I was like it's one of the game I'm gonna be okay if it ends up on the list. Like it was also a game I would have put number ten. Like many times I-, I feel like the re- the only reason I put Donald Conti above uh both Vampire and Forgotten Man is just the frustration factor. Like, I got frustrated playing both Game. Yeah, uh, Dona for... County is joyful yeah. front to back. Yeah. And I I feel like I kind of needed to highlight that. Yeah. Okay. That's it. We did it. Yeah.
0: Okay, you should plug your game again for everyone who has... Uh, yeah.
1: So the number one test game of last year, I don't <laughs> believe that, by the way, I'm still surprised I got mostly positive reviews on Steam. I, I made a small game, I made that game alone with some help. Well, you helped QA, like people like you <laughs> helped QA, I guess. They're in the tanks, I didn't say QA team, but they were basically, all the people in the tanks of my game are basically the QA team. I made a small game called a Game About, uh, it's pretty much a personal game about my life and there was a lot of time in the hospital and a lot of time dealing with doctors and a lot of time dealing with routine in a very difficult, difficult way it's not it's a very funny game everybody says it's funny so i do believe it's funny uh, there's a good giraffe there too i think it's a should, great giraffe it's a great giraffe you can miss it though only 50 percent of the players <laughs> <get it. laughs> that. drawing some some analytics yeah i i really love steam uh, analytics it tells me a lot of stuff about how people play your game and it's free on steam and on itch.io so search a game about on those two and you can find it you can find it also on my website where you're probably gonna listen to that podcast and it's just 10 minutes just go try it and just tell me what you think if you want
0: all right uh and then before we wrap up i just also wanted to send some love to uh andrew crouteau and anna Dechico, who are not here with us right now to do uh podcasting but um their presence is felt always and uh yeah that's that's about it i guess happy new year everybody
1: happy new year i hope 2019 is easier than the last one yeah and uh olivia i'll see you next year yeah see you next year we're gonna do that again next year for forever forever maybe we're gonna be two old men talking about video game when they don't (laughs) exist anymore
0: all right everyone see you